0: This is The Danger Close Podcast, beyond the books with me, Jack Carr. Welcome to The Danger Close Podcast, an Ironclad original presented by Navy Federal Credit Union. Before we get started, I wanna remind you that In The Blood hits shelves on May 17th, and is available now for pre-order in audio, ebook, and in hardcover. My guest today, Matt Graham, founder, owner, operator, Of Aries watches. If you followed me for a while, you know that I am a huge fan of all he has going on. The Aries watch is amazing and it uh, may have found its way into the terminal list that is coming to Amazon Prime video on July. First. So Matt Graham has a love of watches, obviously started out as a police officer, then moved into the air marshals after September 11th and eventually to the Central Intelligence Agency training our operatives who go downrange doing bad things to bad people and just an awesome guy. So now without further ado, Matt Graham. So much I want to talk to you about because I'm so fired up. I love when guys get out of doing whatever they've been doing before in a previous life, find that next passion and then just hit the ground running and crush it. And that is what you have done right here. We're getting there. I mean, with well. Look at this. I got, I got, here we go. I got these guys right here. Bam. Mm. Actually, I should show the camera over there. Um, but I got these guys and then the one here, this is the the first one right. that, uh, that I wear most often. Um, well,
1: thanks for having me. Hey, and I mean this, I know what it takes to sit in this seat and be with you now. And so thank you. Oh, like,
0: man, it's a, thank you. It's an honor to talk to you. Now, what I like the best about doing a podcast is that it gives me an excuse to, uh, to talk to people I want to talk to. And, and there's a few, th- I mean, and, and, you know, cause we, we talk uh, on text, we talk on the phone every now and again, but we don't sit down for an hour. And talk. There's like nobody out anymore that I sit yeah. down for an hour in, and talk with because there's just so much going
1: on. Um, yeah. So this gives me an excuse to to do that and put the. I the typically try on to hold. avoid hour long talks now. <laughs> I'm like if if I'm in an hour long conversation, something's something's critically wrong. Oh no! Like, it is like oh geez. Well, I want to talk to you about um, that about
0: things that may yeah. have gone gone wrong or things that you have learned from as you uh, you transitioned into uh, into Aries. But um, but uh, but first off, also man, obviously. Love the watches. Um, thank you. People can keep an eye out in the Amazon Prime series of the Terminal List because uh, there's at least one.
1: Point I know there's where one. Know pretty one in there
0: that it's in there. Uh, there might be yeah. some others too because you were kind enough to to send out a bunch of watches for people and um, yeah. sincerely appreciate all that. So I know that it's in there once for sure, very prominently, well, um, and uh, and hope it got in there a few a few other times as well. So, yeah, thank you for that. Oh, I- thank you. Thank you, okay. and there's this these things are on the wrists of some
1: really cool people out there that are uh you know living life doing the job um yeah really- we're the uh we're the finest timer that we can't show, mm. so it's the I get wrist shots all the time from guys where you're like, yeah, this is basically like not able to speak. yeah <laughs> like it it comes to me it comes to me on signal and dies five seconds after I open it, and it yep. was just like, oh, this is uh." It'd be like that'd be really cool. Like yep. Our Instagram would be ten times better if we could show these things. <laughs> I know I got so. uh,
0: I've got a few of those recently from uh, from Ukraine. Um, I'm sure you did as well. That right. um, disappeared fairly <laughs> fairly quickly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I love what you're doing. Uh, but let's get in a little background. Thank you. Like, where okay. did the did the watch passion come from early on, or did you were you drawn towards Twelve years, uh, service? Twelve years old. Twelve years old.
1: Okay. So just, just on the other side of this highway are a bunch of cornfields and crop fields. Yeah. And when I was twelve, I started working in the spinach fields, which if you don't know is a thing, it's a thing. Um so I was working on a local farm, saving up all my money. Uh started liking watches about then because liking those watches in that fifth, sixth grade time frame also brought in uh Mac Bolan. Nice. Brought in some of the phoenix force stuff brought in um first blood brought in all of the so up here in the northwest this small town of about 2500 people there's really not much going on so um later on when I started working at the agency so even the existence of the agency was only in books in movies right it's not it's not tangible like when you're when you're in Virginia Beach and you want to you want to talk to somebody in the Navy Mm. it's pretty easy right because the Navy's there Uh, when you're in DC and you're walking through the grocery store everybody you bump into is like oh I work at the agency (laughs) or I work at some other thing and you're like oh this is crazy up here north of Seattle doesn't exist so it was all books at Mm -hmm. that point because even i think at that point i don't know if that was the time that my parents were anti-tv but i Mm -hmm. knew that we didn't have a vcr you used to have to rent a vcr when you rented the movie wow and you'd bring it home and then you'd watch a movie so um for me i just really liked watches just really liked them loved the idea and we're on the water so i can see the bay right now and it's all stormy and white cappy but um so being in proximity to the water with diving and swimming and that water culture, it kind of led me to the dive watch, the Breitling yeah. watch that uh-huh. we talked about that has yeah. the compass inside and all yeah, of those yeah, things. I so, it. so my whole adolescence kind of the thing that I would nerd out about would be watches. Nice. Um, it's, it's like everything, you know, once you have a a niche or something you like, you see it everywhere. So yep um I followed it looked at it would read about them and they were always kind of unobtainable but I took my yeah. first big batch uh same reason that I have a bunch of shoes so if you are in the office and you see behind my desk there's 40 pairs of Jordans from really? all generations no oh, yeah. way. it's insane my once I built out my office my wife was very first thing my wife said was she's like well I know where your shoes can go Perfect. like this is great like yeah. I know where you can so once i had that packet of money i used to get a single pair of shoes every year school shoes right Mm -hmm. you have your school shoes you wear them all the way through until the next year um and i had a big wad of money and we were at the mall and walked by the display case it was the citizen dive watch that came in the little scuba tank oh yeah which to this day i don't know that it actually came in the tank i I think the guy just saw me like yeah. Crying and excited, and gave me the display tank. Yeah, I still was, have it. It was
0: wrapped around so, the display like it would be a mm-hmm. wrist for those listening. Mm-hmm. I think it was was it yellow or orange? It's a yellow. yellow. Yeah. It's
1: a yellow scuba tank with yep. a Citizen sticker. Yep, and then it has a little plastic apparatus on the top, and then the bottom is rubber. And you can enclave the watch in it, but most of them are displayed as part of that piece. So, uh, I spent all my money. My mom. Questioned me three times. She's mm-hmm. like, Are you sure You're you sure. want to do this? Mm-hmm. And I was like, Yeah. She's like, Are you sure? Because this means you don't have other stuff. And I'm like, That's cool. Um, and I still got it. Nice. So it's it's the one. That's it's the one amazing. that broke me.
0: I, I think so, mine, I, because we just moved recently and my rubber strap on that same watch, I did not get mm-hmm. the tank as we discussed. Um, but, uh, but I, but the, the rubber strap that had the dive table on mm-hmm. the strap, yeah. like that yeah. broke off at some point, the rubber just got, you know, cause I did wear it. I wore it diving in all sorts of different places. And, uh, and that, that
1: eventually just got, you know, brittle from sitting around and yeah. it just it broke. Well, I mean... Think about how long it's been. That's the other thing where you and I are similar. It's like 1990, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So it's one of those things where we're like, we're like, man, I don't know why the rubber broke. And you're like, well, maybe it broke because it's 40 years ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? like yeah. Was, and I don't think so, and back then it was, uh, maybe it was, they made it a
0: different rubber. Horrible way. rubber. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Kind of like windows around rubber. like your old vehicles, you know, the window, yeah. the, around the windows it would just get, it would just break eventually and you had to yeah. put new ones on.
1: But, uh, but same Apparently, type of deal. Icon. Apparently, Icon replaces those, but for a guy like me, I still love the originals. So those replace these, those, yeah. I, yeah. Think,
0: I think they uh, they they upcharge a little bit on on
1: <laughs> on that service. <laughs> something something I'll never know.
0: <laughs> no, so. I don't know. You're you're doing amazing work, and uh, but I love that that watch. We have that that watch in common. Um, I brought one over here. That we also have. So this was the one from uh, from Rambo three right there that Sylvester Stallone... This is not the actual one that Sylvester Stallone was. Yeah. But uh, but once again, when I, I became aware of this UNT. watch through yep. U.S. Cavalry uh, Brigade Quartermaster back US in the day Calvary. in like 1980, you know, this was 1988, yeah. 89, I think... Maybe in the that, back of Shotgun News. Probably in back of Shotgun News. <laughs> uh, but I remember this, and it was 300, or I want to say like 350, 375. Mm-hmm. That was like, might have been, it was, it would well, have been $3 million yeah. back then. Yeah. Um, so I got this way later about 10 years ago or so or 15 years ago now but i'm still looking for that new inbox. so am i anybody I that has that chronosport blink, udt blink. timer a <laughs> new yeah. inbox yeah. uh i'll still still looking looking for that so need to replace the battery in here but other than that this thing was this thing is great and, uh, and i had so another I one that got stolen in a backpack years ago i'm so bummed Ugh. i know so i had to find it. so luckily yeah. i tracked this one down right after but um so our yeah. very
1: first two-tone diver one stainless body with a black bezel and crown mm-hmm. uh, that we call our combo dash one c so our very first one went out to a guy uh his name's craig he's a uh, heavy equipment truck driver operator in the oil fields in the midwest and he had bought the diver one like you wear mm-hmm. and it got stolen because they work in like a camp type mm-hmm. environment So he just texted me or emailed me one day, and he was like, hey, just to let you know, I have serial number such and such, and it was stolen from base camp when I was out working. So if you ever see it, it's stolen. So try to get it back to me. And at the time, kind of like right now, as we build them, right, because we make everything, the only watch that I had that was fungible was the one I was wearing. It was the first Diver 1C. So I put it in a box and shipped it to him, and I was like, hey, man, here. So he – um, along the lines of you having your stuff stolen. It was one of those times where uh, I'd even talked to my wife, Heidi, about it. I was like, yeah, I'm." Si-. she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm sending this guy oh, my watch. Like, this is, he needs a timer. Um, so I sent it out to him, and it was one of those things where it was like, that's the cool side of what we get to do, wow. right? Like, you're in charge. Like, we're the adults. I get to make the decisions on my end of how we're going to run it. And I'm like, yeah, I'll just send him this one. Amazing. So amazing. Uh that's about three years ago and we've we've kept in touch. So oh, that's amazing. Um, but you know what? That's yeah. that today when you're building a business, like you,
0: you know, there would there'd be no, you know, and that's not why you did it, so that people would know about it, but it's just a general thing that is it's who you are, like get doing that for that guy, you know, doing this stuff for me, sending them to the, the set, giving them to guys that are out there operating to test them, just being a generally good guy. Like that that's natural. It's not like you're like, Hey, I should do this for the business. It comes across. It's natural. It's authentic, which today means so much more than it did in 1985 because in 1985 you had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. You 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 have
1: no, no, no touch. That's a catch 22 though, brother. So the, 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 and you know, this from the, so I will do it and I'll always do it. Mm -hmm. And we'll do it from a standpoint, like the gracious things you do for people that where it's like, Hey, you're not looking for any of that. Um, recognition or attribution with it because of just who you are. It, but the flip side of that, in today's social world, one of the things that I also struggle with as a small business is that's not how the bulk of social interacts. Mm-hmm. So not only has the last two years of captivity changed every, changed everybody, uh, people are just different now. And so you can do these things, and then the only thing people hear is, you know, that one lone voice where it's like when you read your bad book reviews. <laughs> yeah. I want to tell you, and I mean this sincerely, how engaging and supportive that is to people like me, who I have nowhere near the visibility, visibility that you have and nobody dives into every turn of phrase on me the way they do with you. But in my own world, it's super difficult because that's right? It's the squeaky wheel. It's uh-huh. the thing you hear. It's, it's driving down the freeway when your wiper clicks and you're mm-hmm. like, Oh my God, this is a thousand mile trip. <laughs> um, so thank you for that. Uh, part of me starting this podcast piece is, and when people say it, like we have the whole thing written out that you have written out, like, Oh, here's what the podcast is going to be about. Mm-hmm. And you go to that whole snippet, right? The elevator mm-hmm. pitch. But when people ask me directly, we just had a whole building full of people yesterday from their local car club that we try to support. And someone was like, oh, a podcast studio. Do you, you do a podcast? And I was like, yeah, we're starting it tomorrow. And she said, uh, why do you do it? And I'm like, therapy. That's, that's why I do it. I was, like, that's, that's yeah. cool. I was like, honestly, for me to be able to discuss things in long form yeah. that we can't discuss in short form exactly. and to engage with people like Craig, the truck driver, mm-hmm. where we're like, hey, man, I'd love to sit across the table from Craig and see what got him to his point in life that he would buy a diver one and be out there working in the fields and then when it gets stolen just kind of be like yeah man that's why we exist wow. you know or when mike your guy from the show got a hold of me i videoed we were still in the connex when we sent out that support box mm-hmm. to production for you and i videoed it because i knew and i looked at those with me and i was like hey man in a year or two we're gonna get to put this video out nice and it's gonna be like here's what we did back then that we'll now discuss with you like we'll discuss it on our terms with you not a like you said do something you know there's a lot of people that do stuff when people are looking yeah yeah and it goes back to that piece where it was like well we're just going to do what we do anyway right and we'll take our satisfaction from the quiet stories or the non-story, yeah. right? Where you're just like, you know, of all the thousands of pieces we could put out, there's a lot of people doing a lot of good work. All right. Yeah, absolutely. With our timers. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, there we go. Well, then I guess I'm not going to worry about the guy that, you know. Yeah, exactly. That. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: you yeah. know, it's just the kind of the nature of the beast, uh, you know, lends itself, obviously, to some of our worst impulses. Um, and uh, and even, you know, for, for me, I want to get uh, – oh, if someone says something, I want to get drawn into it immediately. And I have to say, nope, nope. And that was one of the reasons for the podcast really was initially was like, oh, there's, I'm getting asked these questions that don't lend themselves to a one sentence response on Twitter or Instagram um, more so for something like this. So I just didn't engage on those sorts of things. I'm just trying to keep all that stuff that want the one sentence, two sentence things that's keeping that pot, you know, keep it positive and just hey take it as it is or, or whatever. Um, but for some of those other questions, some were were obviously just people trying to, uh, just trying to get me to say something so they could be mad. Uh, okay, yeah. fine. Uh, right. And then others were genuine. Like, what do you think of this? Like, what do you think right. of what's going on in the Ukraine? Well, <laughs> one sentence yeah. or two sentence probably yeah. isn't gonna cut yeah. it. Uh, There's not uh, any It's gonna probably take a little more than that. Or what do you think yeah. of Afghanistan withdrawal? Well, it's probably, so I do blogs and, you know, I go on these different shows and that sort of a thing. But, um, but the podcast was something that I could do to uh, point people towards, Hey, you want to know what, what I think about Afghanistan, watch podcast number 84 or whatever it it might be, you know, um, or Hey, what's your favorite, uh, you know, watch. Oh, Hey, check out this podcast, you know, with Aries, you know, boom. Um, so it was just a way for, to, to engage with
1: people that you couldn't have done, obviously 30, 40 years ago. Um, Well, it gives you a voice mm -hmm. in your voice. Which is what's important to me about it is if anybody's gonna talk about what's going on with Aries, if anybody's gonna talk about how we deal with things or manufacturing things or what I'm like, I'm gonna talk about it, (laughs) right? Like there's not gonna be (laughs) there's not not gonna be any other part of this. And if any opinion is gonna get put out on something, I'm like, Well, I, you know, raise my hand in the back of the room and be like, Well, I kinda have an opinion on how this (laughs) stuff goes. Like, why don't we share that? Yeah.
0: So So you had that so you got the citizen. Early on, um yeah. I got
1: it fairly and early that, on. That held me, yeah. That held
0: me for like a decade, right? Like that was it had to though, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. As <laughs> well, I'm walking barefoot to middle school, yeah. No, like- I remember even the seal teams. We first got there, and they still had the the Casio G-Shock that was just the square, even though the whatever the larger mm-hmm. one, you know, with the light on it, um, had just had come out maybe a year before I got to Bud's uh, and then they slowly started rolling, rolling those in. But for a while, just because of that, you know, the, the hockey puck, uh, G-Shock, I wore that for the longest time in the, in the yeah. teams. And then I take, I got rid of the band though. And I used the, uh, gosh, what was it the, this one right here? I put the, uh, I don't even have to make them anymore, the waterborne from Australia. So that yeah, if the so Australian you one. lost the clip right here, you still had mm-hmm. your watch. Um, the whole thing yeah. didn't come apart. So I really liked yeah. that design. So I,
1: I had to cut them. I bought that band, yeah. and had that band. So when I went into law enforcement, I ran the G Shock and ran it on that band mm-hmm. for the same reason. Yep. If you're going to roll around and scrap with somebody, you know. Yeah. Later on, you're going to have to write down what time you smacked that person. So I was like, <laughs> okay, I should, I yep. should probably have this retained in some way. Yeah, so, I'll tell you, the G Shock yeah. might
0: be one of the best pieces of kit we ever got issued. <laughs> it was yeah, the one thing that really phenomenal. didn't change much over the yeah. that. 20 years. I mean, we got, you know, Garmin's and, and Centos and, and all that sort of thing in, but the early ones, especially going to plug them in, another thing to plug in. And, yeah, of course, right. if you're using it as the GPS compass and you're actually going out there and really doing the job, well, it didn't last very long. But <laughs> those early ones, um, and I still have my early ones somewhere around here, but uh, I'm just always, back to something like this like, so I, just, I can't do the apple yeah. watch i can't do the you know all the Fitbits and all that sort of thing like i just can't I just, so the, something about
1: time. part of the design reason behind that is um and this this carries over from like an operational type of a life and one of the things that i used to say one of the Matt isms that people would hear in training and teaching world is I would always say it's cute. Oh, it's cute, Jack, that you think, you know, that kind of like, you know, how many guys are on the other side of that door, right? Or it's cute Mm -hmm. that you think you're going to. So for us, me specifically with, in the design of the diver one, it's cute that we think we're not going to get wet today, Mm -hmm. right? What part of your life makes you think you're not going to be in the water? Mm -hmm. And there's a huge swath of people that are like, I might, you know, you know, Interstate 5 that runs all the way, right, from mm-hmm. border to border, 20 miles up the road a few years ago, dropped into the Skagit River. Wow. So as people were driving across it, five lanes of traffic are now in the river. Jeez. And you're like, well, you know, so those types of the things. There's a lot of this world that I can control in my day-to-day, but there's a lot that I can't. So yeah. it's, it's cute that you think you're not going to get wet. So right. when people say, oh, I I, I wear a whatever insert type of watch. Yeah. And you're like, well, do you wear it all the time? You're like, oh, I take it off to either get in the shower or I take it off when I'm golfing. I take, I take it off if I'm going to go in the sauna or I'm going to mow the lawn. I'm like, how much time do you have to go in and like re, like, oh, I, gotta, I got outfits for all these things. Like, do yeah. I got to change my shoes? And my, you know, and for me, it's like, hey, man, I put on a, I put on a, a watch as I always do. I don't take a watch off when I sleep oh. because why would I? In the yeah. middle of the night, when I'm now up doing something else, I still need to know what time it is. So it's it's like, what luxury is your life? Or it's cute that you think you're not going to have to know yeah. these things. So for me, it's one of those that, from a design aspect, and I've never spoken of this publicly, but from a design aspect, one of the notes that I had for myself in the Diver One was make the 1911 of timers. So the... Cleanliness of the lines, the utility of the piece, the just the the ability to kind of drive. So all those chamfers and angles that's it's you know, people talk about design from it's not you, it's additive. It's it's just like writing. It's what I hear you talk about when we talk about when you're editing. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I'm done with it, but now I gotta go through and I gotta go <laughs> cut out a ton of words that I put in there. And it's the same with that. There's a ton of metal on that thing that needs to go away in order to be its final place, not add to it and be like, okay, keep throwing Play-Doh on something and be like, no, man, you cut all those things away. And what you're left with is just pure function of what you need. So um, it's the first time I've ever talked about that. It's the first time I've ever said, and I'll say this to you because we're friends, I'm happy with it. Like, I I think it's badass. It's awesome. And I have no problem saying that. And the coolest part of this entire journey is right on the other side of this wall. We make those here. That's awesome. So we cut that steel in town. We do all of that stuff is done here. So is from a bigger issue with like a branding struggle, it's difficult, right? Because it goes back to what you talked about with those one-word answers or those yeah. quick snippet answers. Right. You know, we'll get people to be like, well, I can see some machining marks. G- great. You know why? Because a machinist made it. So so that's why we kept the back sterile. So there's machine marks on the back of the watch. Um because I wanted it to be those types of things where it's just like, "Hey man, we cut this and we made this." Like there's no you know, I was watching a we have there's a local car club and they came in yesterday and had coffee and they were doing their big drive around the northwest and on our television I had like a how it's made going. Yeah. And it was on cars and it showed all these automated machines and they're pressing panels and they're doing all this stuff. And you're like, where are the people? Yeah. You know, the people don't make that. I mean, you choose to put every single word on that page and either leave it or take it off. And that is a direct creation of the things that you write is it goes from your mind through the process, onto the paper, and then you're like, this stays, this goes, that's the minimalist of what's going to go out. Yeah, And in society, in production even, I don't come from this background. My dad was a fireman, right? And he built houses because firemen never work, right? They only mm. work like eight days a month, so he had a construction company. So for me, in building this company, what template do you use? And I'm like, I went into this ignorant, thinking yeah man things are made in america oh wait <laughs> no they're not yeah so not only are you making the things we now have to make the tools that make the things yeah so it's a challenge i'll but, tell you what the back of mine i don't see any blemishes yeah, so or, i mean
0: these are you're, you you also any.
1: have i mean you have like a serial number that's you you know yeah. there's there's the variety of things that you've received in the mail <laughs> where you're just like ah. Oh. Another timer, I guess. You know. <laughs> no, they're awesome. I sw- I, yeah. you know, I
0: I switch them. Uh, you know, I switch them. Out. Sure, your
1: wife at times is like, "Why do I have to wear this?" She's used to it. <laughs> she's used to
0: it. It's been twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two years coming up. Yeah, so she's mm-hmm. she's more than used to it. Congrats! But, uh, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Um, but the uh, oh yeah, she asked me to ask you about making a a woman's watch, and uh, the woman's so we watch, have like, one. They're, they're, one.
1: You do? Yeah, it's coming up. So out? here's here's oh no, it, actually. Because women, like, they, um, so,
0: they're bigger now because she has like some smaller ones from a long, long time ago. Yeah. But like nowadays, like, you know, women oh, wear like the same watch. that's a good look. You watch. should do that.
1: <laughs> See, I think you should do that. What do I got to?
0: Just in case. Um, you have a backup.
1: So, so when I made the very first one, uh, my wife and I have been together for a long time, like you guys have. And so I stood in front of her. It's my childhood dream. When we started this piece, it was, uh, do you want to build a watch? Or do you want to build a watch business? And those are entirely different things, right? A watch or a watch company are entirely different. So I was like, no, I want to build a watch company. I want to establish a U.S. brand that makes Mission Timer watches. So we get all this stuff done, and we have the very first one. So I'm standing in front of my wife, and I have tears in my eyes, and I was like, this is for you, right? Yeah. And she looks at it, and she's like, can we sell this? (laughs) And I, and I'm like, what? And she's like, <laughs> is fantastic. someone, is someone willing to buy this? And I was like, yeah, I hope so. And she's like, then sell it. And she said something that to this day put us where we are. And she's like, we're in the business and she's a school teacher, right? English teacher. She was like, we're in the business of selling watches, not keeping watches. And I was like, you know what? Uh, in in our old Connex office at the house, which is still there, uh, people that would visit that are close to me, would I'd give them a Sharpie and they'd write on the door. And uh, close friend Tony from the Northeast wrote on the door jam above the door, not a hobby. And
2: mm-hmm. that's
1: exactly what it is. So from my wife with day one, and you have this, you have a drawer full of watches. I used to have a drawer full of watches, but I'm like, you know what? If we aren't, if I'm making all of these just to go in my sock drawer, we're not going to get anywhere. So if the very first one that has all the blood, sweat, and tears and love in it, she's like, hey, get it out the door. Then it's set the tone for everything now. We have we make one-off watches all the time. Yeah. We do color schemes. Yeah. We did a, a rally color scheme from a car thing that we made into these auto pieces, and there's only two of them. I, Elena, our head watchmaker, has one, and I have one. Well, we were at Overland this year, and a guy came up and he's like, "Man, I followed your brand. I heard about you through Jack." He's like, "I want one, but I don't want one that everybody else has." He's like, "What do you have that's special?" And I was like, "I got this one. You want this one?" Dang, dude! And he's like, "What's the serial number?" And I said, "My name. Serial number is Graham." And he was like, "Yeah, I'll take it." And my son was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa wait!" A minute. I know. Like he's like, <laughs> and I was like, "Hey, man, we're in the business. Know, we're not here to keep them. Interesting. And you know, we could make another one." We can, we, uh, we, we, we're the adults. We can create them. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Steven Pressfield has that in his book, turning pro the series of books Mm -hmm. he does on, on creativity. Like, yeah, you make a, you flip that switch in your mind and it's not a hobby. You're a professional. You're a writer. You sit down, you write, same thing with you. You're a watchmaker. You are in the business of making watches and selling watches. That is what you do instead of like, I'm going to dabble over here i'm gonna give this a try i'm gonna see if this uh if this works and uh, i've never been that type of person anyway but hearing that from someone like stephen pressfield um yeah. it was it was very liberating i would say hey now i'm now yeah. I'm an author now i'm, I'm a writer 100%. that's what i do um and also it helps a lot with the writer's block i hear people talking about like you know, he, he has this great thing he's like you ever hear about a truck driver having trucker's block they're like no you don't that's because <laughs> so they're, they're doing the job so you're a writer right. you sit down you write and for me, yeah. it's like oh, it just totally obliterated writer's block for me. So, think, you. did you ever get watchmaker's block? You know, no, you're in there, you're doing the job. You know, yeah,
1: it's there's there's too much going on for me to, you know, <laughs> exactly. get watchmaker's yeah. block. Yeah, you don't have the luxury of it. I don't have the luxury yeah, of exactly. sitting down it's, and having uh, having yeah. writer's block. But it's uh, cute that we think we'd get to do that. It's cute. Right.
0: <laughs> what uh, so? How, what was the path into law enforcement then?
1: It was a job. So um, were you just drawn no, to it was, because of that?
0: Was it, was it popular culture? Um, was both. it uh, so having that just family. Mate inside you? Okay.
1: Yeah. So we had, uh, my dad was a firefighter, came back from Vietnam, got hired at mm-hmm. the fire department. What are he in doing in Vietnam? Seattle? Uh, he was a gunner. First of the ninth air cav. Wow. Uh, so he was 67 to 70. Jeez. Yeah. So later on when I was in the air marshals, he came out and visited our office and was talking to my squad leader, team leader and who had also served in Vietnam, and they were talking, and he was like, oh, you're an aircraft guy, because he flew in the the original Little Birds, the Hughes 500s. Wow. A, there was one pilot and one door gunner. No kidding. Um, and so they'd go fly low, draw fire, and then they'd be like, hey, here's where you hit. Oh. So he said, uh, he said, you guys didn't have a good life expectancy. And he said, no, actually in the group, if you flew six months and lived, you didn't have to fly your other six months in country. Jeez. And... So I looked at him and I was like, oh, that was good. And then he looked back at my boss and he's like, I flew 20 at 24 months. Wow. And you're like, okay, it sets the tone of like, you could have left after six, but he was like, nope, that was the job. And they were to do the job. So, wow. It's like um, World
0: War II, those guys, 25 bombing missions, you know, from Great Britain yeah. into uh, and yeah. in, in, oh, man, yeah, 25
1: and they could go home man. so graduated, was going to college, um, was playing basketball, trying to get a scholarship, trying to do those things, traveled around looking for schools to do that, broke my foot. And um that kind of took that off the table. And I have an uncle who threw a unique family structure is only a couple of years older than me. Okay. And and he was a cop um because his dad was a cop. And he said, Hey, why don't you come out and ride around with me? Right. I work night shift. Come out, ride around, we'll figure out your life. So wow. Uh, I go out there. I'm riding around with him. We're talking about everything. You're gonna go to school. You're gonna go in the military. What are you gonna do? And twelve hours later in the morning, he's like, "So what did we figure out?" And I was like, "How do you get this job? Like we, you drove as fast as you wanted to drive. You <laughs> you have a gun and you hit people <laughs> with sticks and you do. And there's zero super. Like what is this? It's like a choose. Remember the choose your own adventure stories. I sure thorns? do. Yeah, and I was like, this is insanity. Yeah. How do you do this? And he was like, oh, is this something you're interested in? Um, so that started that. Okay. Now, getting into that world, um, I thoroughly enjoyed, loved it, um, and worked up here in the city and county. Did you just go like, like post that How does that work? Yeah, you do all that. And then the only thing that I was good at in that was the shooting side so within law enforcement like any other organization it's stratified into there are those that are good at certain skills mm-hmm. and in the shooting world when you're good in the shooting world you get kind of pulled into the tactics world the mm-hmm. you know that kind of a thing so i was given a lot of other opportunities to be able to develop that so when 911 kicked off i was one of many that went online and applied for the air marshal program and then uh went to there from here because there were air marshals before that point there were there were 33 33
0: but then after 9 11 boom it's a it's it's essentially a new program um they need to hire a ton of people very highly skilled Uh, i've shot the air marshal course but it's been 2009 i want to say i shot that thing that's that was a good good course of fire it's a you got to pay attention. Yeah, I was the top of my so game at the time, so, so you know I got yeah. it. But but uh, I, I remember it, and I still have a printout of it in a binder in a box around here somewhere. Yeah, um, I think there may be three of them, maybe. Anyway, I can't remember. It's been it's been over a decade, but uh, yeah. but yeah, that was a there legit. A course. But yeah. uh, how did you? Uh, so so you apply,
1: and they write back, then so they say, "Come on in." Yeah, apply with everybody else. Um, actually, when I was leaving uh, the air marshals years later. My boss said, um, "He's like, hey, three hundred twenty-seven thousand people applied for this job. Three hundred twenty-seven
0: thousand yeah.
1: people. Yeah, after nine eleven, that is you, a really you, cool yeah. number. It was a. It's one I remember. I remember a few numbers from there. Uh, the other number I remember was in my basic course. Uh, we had thirty people, so mm-hmm. thirty guys in my basic class, men and women. And in eight weeks, we did two point four million pistol rounds. That is." Awesome. so Did you go to georgia for yeah. that Did
0: you go to federal law enforcement training no we went like, down
1: to new mexico, new mexico. so the, own... other FLETSI, okay. oh, the other fletzy okay other two. okay new mexico know that. yeah so we went down there and it was just it would be you and me standing shoulder to shoulder and they would put a pallet of ammo between you and yeah. you would just run you just shoot so yeah okay. uh 30 people 2.4 million over eight weeks is a lot of rounds so what are you shooting in training um, What uh what pistol uh 229 in 357 okay. sig okay yeah and every round is like a full duty load round okay. which has yes and so you're getting beat yeah yes yeah you talk about that later. um yeah so <laughs> training um, with what you're gonna actually shoot so it's not a shock to you um, yeah so i was there for almost four years and uh i was the top shooter of course in my class and in the
0: and for those, I'm going to jump in Field because up. you're so
1: humble about certain things. I want to ask you
0: about a couple things later, but I know people who have, have trained with you in, uh, in government service at the agency. And they all tell me that you are the top guy when it comes to shooting. Like you are very humble about these things, but there's, they, they all say there's no one
1: better out there with a pistol. Oh, well, if get a bigger group and I'll be <laughs> lower in the thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was uh like I said, it was something that I'm that I took to fairly easily, not mm. having grown up that way. Yeah. Um, but my time, I went to the Chicago field office, okay, and in I had four duty guns basically in four years. I'd shoot about sixty to eighty thousand rounds a year.
0: Oh, you had four duty so you, guns
1: because you're wearing out barrels. Yeah, yeah, wearing out a gun. So I I'd, I'd shoot a gun out in a year go in there and be like hey man need another gun they'd give you another one um so how long yeah, was, was the training great. part how was how long was new mexico new mexico was 8 weeks and then we went to our um atlantic city to the FAA okay. to the actual air marshal air marshal the finishing school okay where all the simulators and aircraft and oh, wow. all that kind of stuff is yeah where you go into so you recall cuz you were a pre-911 guy yeah pre-911 um so when I was in law enforcement and started to get involved in tactics and that world, aircraft counterterrorism was limited to tiered units, mm-hmm. right? Like that's you can be you can be a high speed guy anywhere, but if an aircraft is taken and somebody's going to do an assault on an aircraft, it's going to be a tiered group, right? It's going to be one of the big three, um, <clears throat> possibly an FBI HRT piece would. They had, a cool, they had a cool simulator that, before September 11th, I think. They had yeah, one of the few. They did. They had, yeah, they had a couple of them. Yeah. So, yeah, right there behind the range. So, for me, when 9-11 kicked off, the mentor group that I had in my life that was former soft guys and current soft guys was like, hey, this is the playbook. You want to get into playbooks. You want to go mm-hmm. do linear assault on aircraft. Um, and you're now in that linear assault piece as a small team, Right two men, four men, six men type of a thing. And I was like, well, that sounds daunting enough that it might be fun, (laughs) right? Like that. Um, So the finishing school was a couple of weeks and it really went to how do you operate the aircraft, right? Like if somebody's incapacitated and you have to get up there and you have to be able to land that thing, right? Like how do you deal with that? How do you mitigate all of those things? A lot of bomb work, a lot of, you know, and that's at the finishing of, school. That's in, in yeah, okay,
0: yeah, in Atlanta, yeah. yeah, Atlantic City, Atlantic City. Sorry, Atlantic yeah. City. So you go there and you're doing this finishing school, and there's simulators there, yeah. and there's yeah. and there's smoke and things like yep. that, and lights.
1: And you would you would constantly players hear you and the whole thing. Yep, yeah, yeah, Full full scale. So um, we used to have mannequins because part of the you talked about qualification and part of the one of the qualification shoots started in a seated position like we're in right now, mm-hmm. um, but you'd then basically get up to your feet and move throughout the aircraft. But the mannequins that were in front of you had real hair that were wigged. So you got inoculated to shooting close enough to having hair wisp in front of your front sight and still be able to hit things that were either stationary or moving. So it was, yeah, it was a, So, like I said, it was a lot of shooting. I never shot that much until I went to the agency and they were like, hey, you you can't. So when I got to the, right. uh, The line was. uh, What's our budget? Yeah. So the, the, I never, I never heard that line. What was our budget? Um, I heard uh, you can't make a dent. You can, however much you shoot, you're not going to make a dent. So don't worry about it. And I was like, okay okay I think so I've you took my full plan. advantage i know yeah, <laughs> yeah. but
0: that's why so you so there's at this finishing school uh, in atlantic city there's uh there's like a graduation and some and drills things you have yep. to pass same yep. type of thing you get,
1: raise and, your hand take the oath and then you
0: do it and so now and what good. happens now yeah. you go to a, an actual field office and then yep. you go to a field flight, office like are you like right seat left seat with someone who's been doing it for a while or
1: are you like on your own Well, that came up. So there was a guy in my basic class, and we, when we got to the field office, they were discussing like partner pairing. Mm -hmm. So the field office is broken up into squads. So we just happen to have enough squads um, in our office that we numbered them like the balls on a pool table. Mm. And a little bit of good life. was we were squad eight so we had a really cool pool ball right like who wants to be yeah. like oh i'm the yellow stripe ball right, like, right. Like, nobody wants to do it <laughs> no. so uh i was on squad eight and was on squad eight the entire time i was there and my partner was a guy that i'd gone through training with you have okay. a primary person that's your partner and when we got there we were told no you can't be together because you're new mm-hmm. and he tells a great story about how my response to Very high level management was like, "Hey man, we're all new. Like we were all you hired when you go two thousand people on the same day. (laughs) So like, what is Uh your? You know, you're a hundred slots ahead of me in seniority, but that translates like watching F one racing. You're like, hey man, I was twentieth, and you're like, but you're only a second back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, So yeah, we paired together, and you're only judged." won't say you're only judged for me you're only judged on shooting and tactics which you test regularly Mm. and since we shot well and we adjudicated problems in the aircraft well right in training uh and in life um we were able to stay together so there were many times where it's the government so they try to entice you they would come to us and they would say here's a twenty five hundred dollar performance award here's a check for twenty five hundred dollars it's gonna It's going to be noted on your SF-86, and here you Mm. go. And they set that check on the table for us each, and then they'd say, now what we're going to do is we're going to split you guys so Matt and Jack don't get to be together anymore. You're going to go mentor this turd over here, and you're going to go mentor this Mm. guy over here that we need. And so what we always said, the two of us would, like, push the check back across the Mm. table and be like, hey, if you keep the money, can I keep the guy? Because I would rather have somebody that's good in the platform. Yeah. And not have the money, right? And they were like, "Yeah, you could do that." And we're like, "Okay, well then you keep the performance award. I'll keep my partner that we don't have problems with, yeah. And keep doing that. So, in an organization that changes partners and rotates partners frequently, we were together the entire time until I left. No, so, no and he's he's still a little bitter. I hear from him all the time, and he's not <laughs> he's not too happy with me leaving. Oh man, um, dude, that is wild. So I was on
0: a plane this year at so well. 2020. I guess it must have been 2021, so a few months ago. And uh, I, so I sat down. I, I think I was in first class or business class or whatever. And a guy sits down next to me. I think he was already on the plane. And immediately I'm like, okay, very nondescript. Um and just, just know, just watching people, you know, sometimes people are like in, you know, t-shirts and flip-flops and, you know, these, and they're okay, fine. And, and sometimes they're business people, some husband and wife team, you know, go on vacation or whatever. You can kind of, you can kind of read and he's very nondescript, like it's kind of businessy ish, but not really, um, so the, the clothes weren't that expensive, but they were, uh, you know, weren't, you know, they just stood out a little bit and haircut, not too short, not too long. Um, and I'm looking, I'm trying to see the watch. I didn't see the watch because he had a jacket, a suit coat on. Um, but I pulled out, so I'm reading a book, of course, that's something I can't remember what it was, but it was something special operations intelligence, you know, something like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, I open it up and I'm reading, and I can, I just I catch his eyes like doing that. I just because I'm watching, I'm like, I'm. And I'm dressed like me. I'm in Solomon shoes, right? I'm in coal pants. I have my dynamist yeah, belt ready to on, go. which you, you can't yeah. see the dynamist belt, though. Uh, you know, some sort of a t-shirt that's not like too, it's not like a Kill It Mall type shirt, but it's also maybe like a Sitka, you know, something yeah. like that. Or maybe I got a, like a, a flannel on or something. I'm just me, just yeah. normal. You're Ever, in the Beverly stock hat. You know, so they're the cues, they're little cues, yeah. probably have this, you know, probably have the watch on. Um, you're ready to
1: get tagged in, right? Yeah, it's so i like, I'm like WWE. Well,
0: yeah. I mean, it's not like crazy. It's not like there's Molly no. all over my stuff, but at the same time. Yeah. Like, okay, sit, could drift her back. You know, there's this little cues. Well, the Molly guys, you can't tag in. Yeah. Right. Like that's you wouldn't tag that guy in. you would tag in the pro. Yeah. like, okay. So, I mean, it's, but it's not like I'm trying not to be me by being no. totally indiscreet. <laughs> I'm just being, being me. Um, but I see him. No, he's noting. I know. I can see that he's, he's noting these things. And I'm like, well, maybe he could be, a, you know, he could be a fan. He could be just interested in these sorts of things also. Um, but I can tell body language. He wants to engage. He wants to ask me a question but he doesn't the entire flight. And uh, a lot of times people be like, hey, what are you reading? And so I, p- I put headphones on. So I just try to like not talk to them. But this time I didn't, but I tried just to dissuade people. Because as soon as you like close the book for a second, a lot of times people are like, hey, what you? yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah. I'm trying to work. Uh, but I, I can tell by his body language that he wants to ask something, but he doesn't. And uh, so, so I'm doing my thing, taking notes. I'm highlighting in this, you know, book about mm-hmm. maybe it's like Afghanistan Studios. papers or something like that, you know, yeah. whatever, whatever it is that I'm, I'm reading, I'm taking some notes and he's like, I can just see like, well, yeah, he wants to ask, I know. And then I I thought that he might, when we land and get up, but he's out pretty quick, like not rushed, but not, not taking his time. And then he's not in the jet wave. Cause I'm right, right behind, like, I don't come out, not right on his heels, obviously, but he's dis, he's gone. And I'm like, hmm, I think that was probably near Marshall.
1: I guess we'll never know. (laughs) We'll never know. So (laughs) I had a similar experience opposite of that, which is how I met our friend. I know you know him well, uh, Colonel North, Oliver North. Mm -hmm. So we were doing an LA to DC flight and I was working and he was the last to board. Um, Our seats are up front pretty close. And he comes on, he's holding the bratwurst with all the sauerkraut, <laughs> mustard dripping everywhere. Oh, and so he great. sits down next to me. And he so he's on the inside seat next to me. And this is while you're working, or this is recent yeah, more recently. No, this is while it's working. Okay. Yeah. And he says, uh, this was in 07. So um he says, Are you coming or going? Right? Like just a casual. And I was like, a little of both. I'm doing a doing a little of both. I may I may have just flown out here and now I'm flying yeah, out. Yeah. Um, and so we we he makes a couple of comments and we talk real quick. And uh he's like, Hey, are you coming or going? And I was like, Yeah, a little of both. And uh I look at him and grin and I'm like, you know, good choice on the food there. Like, you know, because it's just a not just yeah. sauerkraut right. on a plane, and they just close the door oh. and it's a hundred <laughs> degrees and <laughs> I was like, great, great choice on that. I was like, you know, nobody will notice. And he starts <laughs> laughing. And uh, then he kind of does what you do. And he catches the vibe, right? Like uh, we all feel the frequency. And he was like, oh, you're working. And I was like, yeah, but we're going to talk. I said, I, And I, I remember this because we, we still communicate. And I said, I hope you don't plan on taking a nap because we have a lot to talk about. Uh-huh. And he was like, oh, what are we going to talk about? And I was like, well, I think we could split the trip into two. In the first half, I want to talk to you about professional things. <laughs> and the second half, um, I said, I know you're close with your kids. And I was really close with my dad, who was sick at the time. Mm-hmm. And I said, I want to talk mm-hmm. about fatherhood and, and life and family. And he yeah. was like, okay, let's go. So we, the entire time, oh, uh, he was very gracious. Yeah, he was very gracious. So late years later... Uh, And we kept in touch. And then years later, when I started doing things on Fox, the very first desk appearance I did in D.C. Mm. at the network, when I was done, he was walking in. And he kind of stopped everybody and said, hey, everybody. um, That's awesome. I'd like to introduce you to you. He's like, I know you just listened to him talk, but this is a – and he he said some very nice things. and was very He's a professional. He's very gracious and very – very good. So, um, yeah, love that guy. That's awesome. He, a, he wrote a note. He wrote a good note to my dad. Oh, that's And uh, gave it to Yeah. So it was pretty slick. It's oh, so. awesome. And while you're doing
0: that job, how often are you?
1: Uh, do you have to requalify
0: and then um, not just quarterly. requalify but quarterly requalifications, yeah. which is not a, so, a joke for those who can look. No. You can look up the air marshal test. I'm sure you can now online yeah. or one of them anyway, and they'll all be difficult. But um, uh, how much are you training? in there then as
1: well so we used to and i'll speak to it because it's been 20 years uh we used to fly four and train one so um and those four could be you leave on a monday and come home on the fourth Mm -hmm. day or you come home every night or you go overseas or you stay domestic uh we had close proximity to a range, we had close proximity to simulators, nice. so you're constantly in that environment, yeah, and it's just a um, it's just a constant it's game time right yeah like there's no um so yeah it was a it was we used to shoot a lot, and then in off time, which wasn't frequent right you get two to three days off a week, we'd still go train and shoot and work with stuff I would yeah. just because of the the environment you're in is a little unforgiving. You yeah. don't want to start throwing 357 SIG rounds right. um, out there and not have accountability of where they're going. Yeah. Did, um, did you stick with the same people. pistol the whole time you were in? Was it the same one? Yeah. Or two so while I was there, the agency still had that platform. Okay. Yeah. They've since gotten rid of that platform. Um, but when we had those guns, our duty guns had a specific serial number sequence mm. that isn't. Out there with everybody else, right? Okay. Like it's a. So when the government got rid of all those weapon systems and then went to something else, the partner that I had talked about hit me up and he was like, hey, we can buy these guns. Nice. Yeah. So there was a local gun shop that he had found. It wasn't the one I was issued. Okay. But it was. But a, they were issued gun. guns, yeah. same series, same serial number. And he was like, hey, they have two left. And so we snagged them. Nice. And the cool part about it is their sequential serial numbers. Nice. So we were partners that entire time that's we awesome. spent together. And they're like, yeah. So then it came down to a wrestling match of who gets the lower number, <laughs> right? Like, Eric, we're like, I love you, brother, but mm, yeah. I'm going to fight you for that. Oh, that's awesome. And then my answer is always, and and you and I haven't done this yet, but my answer is always, let's shoot for it. <laughs> and he probably like, knew better than to do that. Yeah. He's like, uh. <laughs> like, let's, let's shoot for it I'm, oh, that's hey, fantastic let's what random let's just shoot for it and see who wins
0: yeah yeah i was like <laughs> oh man that's great and so in doing that job how good did you get it like reading body language that sort of thing were you we were, you, were you giving courses and that sort of thing yeah. things to yep, look for 100%. all that and then did you did yep. you uh did you get additional training on that or you, was it mostly like on the job training and you can kind of read people as you're getting on there and do it in a way where it's not obvious uh what yeah. is that like
1: so it's the it's exactly what you talked about. So methods and means, like how these things work, mm-hmm. um, cues and indicators and things to look for. The difficult part is in that environment, there are a lot of things, you know, if someone is stressed because they're going to act, yeah. there's also people stressed because they're traveling and their flights were canceled and they're going to see, you know, like all this other normal life stuff is going on. So kind of what you have to wait for, is those action pieces, mm. right? Something's an individual or a team is going to activate. And then you're like, okay, this is, this is it. So um, just like the example you gave of the guy sitting next to you, the issue becomes, and we, we can tie this into later on in life, when you learn about like surveillance detection routes, mm-hmm. the issue with a surveillance detection route, which is a path you take from point A to point B is there's also cars on that path from point a to point b like all those same people have to go to the same grocery store mm-hmm. or those same people are walking down the same sidewalk and so um those same people in that airplane environment are stressed frightened you know they they have plans the guy sitting next to you absolutely could not have been a fam but all of those other indicators paint it to where you're like well you could be mm. and so the best part of that blend Mm. is having it be where like, yeah, I guess I don't know. Mm. So when people look at, you know, it's easy when you go to a stadium to know who's playing in the game because they're in the uniform and they're on the field. So in that environment, it's one of those where you just kind of have to, you got to let it float Yeah, see what happens. Right. Did you ever have to change seats or ask to change seats in a plane?
0: Because you, you notice something, someone's body language or something like that where you had to say, Hey, I want to go like, a seat over and back from someone just so I can have eyes on because of something that you noticed as you're like in flight or as you get on the plane or that sort of a thing.
1: Yeah. That's not really something that you would do. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's not really something that you'd do. Did you ever so, have
0: somebody and you can and tell me you might get, might be getting too close, but did you ever have a, like a, a seat number that you before you got on where you're like, Hey, this person we need to keep an eye on. And you're like, hmm, Check.
1: Yeah, so there were there were times. So the issue with aircraft terrorism is the fact that it's very effective. So to this day, there are still individuals and groups looking to utilize commercial aviation for their means, mm-hmm. right? Whether criminal or terrorist. So it is a constant peace. So there were times in the early post-9-11 world where... Uh, we would have special mission pieces where it was like, mm-hmm. hey, this, is, this isn't this is just a random flight. Wow. So that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, it was interesting. Wild. So growing up, I mean there's no, in, what's that? I mean, just it's one of those things yeah. where the platform you're on. Yeah. So the tactics you want to engage in, right, it's just like you guys. It's the pre-9-11 teams, which I know a few guys like you that were in the pre-9-11 teams, and they're like, yeah, it was – different than the post 9-11 teams Mm -hmm. because of the legacy of Vietnam and the things that were going on. Um, And you're like, Hey, I'm learning all these things and I want to put them to work. Mm -hmm. Right. You want to put the tactics to work. You want to put the weapon skills to work. You want to put the camaraderie in the team. You want to test this in that, in that fire. The added piece with an aircraft is, Hey man, we're at 38,000 feet. (laughs) So it's not, it's not like when you fall down and you're like, I got to get back up. You're like, Oh no, this is, this could go sideways really bad um yeah so that's the like well it's not up to me when we leave either
0: so so let's go so being a student of all this well before my, well my whole life, really, and uh, in, and uh, obviously in the 80s, well, 60s, 70s, and 80s, we had a slew of airline hijackings, and then mm-hmm. when I came of age, when we came of age in the 80s, there were some very high-profile ones, of course, on the cover of Newsweek and Time Magazine and, and all that sort of a thing, and I knew where I was headed already, so uh, I was already a student of warfare, already just, just,
1: I think I still have a lot of those um, magazine articles. Uh, I went to that airfield. I went to Dawson's Field. Did you Jordan. really? Yeah. Yeah. As part of your training or on your own? No, just on my own. Like, like I'm the guy that, like, sure. I guess we awesome. could, you know, when you, when you have the ability to go someplace, and we're like, well, we could go to Disneyland, or I could go see a pretty whatever. And I was like, no, let's go see Dawson's Field, where all these aircraft are from. Like the like, oh, that's it. Are the wrecks like, still like, there? I mean, is it's it's
0: still a... like They blew. How many? Yeah, many when did they blow I was there, at? it's how many did they blew um,
1: up? Or... Oh man, I they can't did the one for sure. My head. Yeah. They landed they they yeah. land three. I have to go back and they look. land I thought they landed three, uh destroyed one, mm-hmm. and then there was activity, I think, on another mm. either on board or off board. So yeah, yeah, but it was and I went, I mean, it's been almost fifteen years since I went back there. So it was but when I had the opportunity and you're like, hey, you could you can go see these carvings down in Petra or you can, I'm like, no, let's go to this airfield. Like here's an address. Like I want to go to this airfield and see what's going on.
0: Amazing. Yeah. No,
1: I mean, there's some incredible stories, obviously.
0: And the paradigm for airline hijackings has changed. I mean, it was different. I think by a decade, if you go sixties, seventies, eighties, um, nineties, maybe a bit of a bit of a blur conglomeration of, of, all those different decades together. But then, Huge paradigm shift, obviously, on Huge. September 11, 2001. Um, so for what I did, and I've never talked to anybody about this, um, is that just being a student of all these things, I always went with the window seat. So I would have time to formulate some sort of a plan if anything happened. Like, okay, I have three people. They're taking over the aircraft. Okay, what typically happens in these things? Okay, X, Y, or Z. Uh, what am I going to do? What makes the most sense? So I did that. After September 11th, I went to the aisle seat. So if something happens, I can react immediately and put somebody on the ground and then deal with the next person. But having to go so quickly without letting them have time to get into that cockpit, without letting them have time to kill a stewardess or flight attendant uh, or whatever it is, but I react immediately. Um, So that was my paradigm shift as a student of these things. I don't know if that was the right thing or not, but that was just me having studied these things like, well, in the past, maybe I'm going to take my time. Maybe maybe you do nothing, um, depending on what develops. After September 11th, you that timeline got went like this uh, as yeah. far as a t- to act. So I went to that aisle seat so I could could act. And remember, they would go down the aisles in the 70s or whatever, and you know, just smack somebody on the head. It was easier yeah. to get somebody that was in the aisle rather than to make an yeah. example of them, rather than somebody that was by the window. Um, so anyway, that's just what I did personally. I don't know what uh, if that was the right thing. My no, uh, but just as a student, that's what I did.
1: My Matt answer that you are now a part of will be: It's cute that you think seat position is gonna matter in that. So it was uh, a I don't want to climb over so, somebody
0: to get to well I mean it, it is out. all
1: of it all of it so it goes to in the analogy I'll use is this. So every in the gun culture, there is a discussion people always have and we know these people that are like, I never sit with my back to a door. So they go into a diner and they're like I sit right here because I don't want my back to the door. And what I would always tell people is oh it's cute that you think that because if you look at workplace violence Workplace violence happens between employees. So while your back is to a door and the data shows it's not going to happen here, the, your side profile is to the kitchen where there's 100 knives and five people that can't make their house payment or hungover or having problems with their relationship. So we focus on this idea of something. So in the, I, I would add that there were two paradigm shifts in your timeline. And the first was nine 11 with actual hijackings. And the second shift that came was the binary explosives threat in 2006. So I was a team leader on one of the flights that was scheduled to be blown up with binary explosives. And that changed in the entire template, because how do you do a linear assault against an idea? Uh Right? Like it doesn't matter. Where you So if there are places where you're supposed to be to maintain control, but somebody somewhere else can just blow themselves up, then none of the things you're doing are mitigating that. So I'm a napkin, idea napkin guy. And on that flight, I pulled out my legal notepad and was like, man, there's some things we have to do. Or we're not even able to maintain our ability to to mitigate these threats because it just doesn't work, right? I mean, it's the same as being on a range. So if you're going to stand on a range and you're going to engage a target in front of you at 20 meters, but there's a target behind you that's just going to blow itself up, what's mm-hmm. what are you doing? Like we're yeah. um, so there was the post 9/11 shift to shift to hijacking teams, mm-hmm. which is that, and then there was a second kind of a cauldron that came out of people recognizing from a threat standpoint, hey, we can just cull resources together, right? I know you've referenced before in some of your posts, so I'm not speaking of anything that I didn't see on your Instagram um, of the Bojinka plot, Mm -hmm. which Bojinka was an aircraft terrorism dry run and operational run. Down. To see how binary explosives would work in taking down an aircraft, so um, it's just one of those things where, you know, from a sports analogy again, because I'm a analogy guy, where you're you're geared up. I mean, Final Four is going on right now, and all of that stuff in our culture. So you're geared up to play man on man defense, and the next the other team walks out, and they're playing baseball, and you're right. like, we're not even in the same game, right? Um, right. well, they almost went um, so yeah, down, was... right. December
0: 94 was a dry run, I think. And, uh, the pilot put the, I mean, put a hole in the side of the plane, I think killed yep. one passenger and the pilot mm-hmm. put it down in Okinawa, I believe it was yeah. between somewhere Philippines and Japan. Um, yeah. and then obviously <laughs> because of uh, a random fire, maybe random, maybe not so, so random, maybe they were working on something. It's still a little bit unclear because of where it occurred. Um, but, uh, that plot was discovered and, uh, yeah. and, uh, and subsequently foiled, but, uh, yeah, man. Great. Well, how, how'd you it's get tough. to the agency then after this? Like, what do you do? Are you, so get, do you get bored doing what you're doing or you want the next no, no, thing? Or do they notice no. you that, Hey, this guy's got some ammo. skills. <laughs> you don't have, you ran through all the air marshal <laughs> ammo? ammo. Yeah. Like and you're like, I only have one more. gun here.
1: I want more guns. I only have one gun. Uh-huh. Um, no, 2007, uh, late 2006, my dad gets diagnosed with stage four cancer. Uh, 2007, he's undergoing treatment, 2007, I'm still at the air marshals and I go in and ask for leave so I can spend time with my dad and just denied like, nope, you, you can't take leave. I'm like, okay, uh, can I apply for family medical leave act, which is like a thing, right? It's mm-hmm. like the law. And they're like, no, you can't, you can't do that. And I was like, well, can I go to a field office that's closer to Seattle so i can spend time when i'm not working with my dad they're like no and so that's when the the sac special agent in charge of chicago was like hey 327,000 people applied for your job if you don't want it leave i was like okay like that's i'll do that um and i had worked in the fams with a guy who had come from the agency and so we went to lunch he said before you do anything brash and kind of throw this whole thing away uh let's go to lunch so we went to lunch he talked to me about going to work somewhere else and um I was like well sure so he gave me a phone number and I called the guy and uh he said you know he kind of described what I would be doing which is training teaching and training and developing in that space and um I said, well, my dad's sick and I want to spend some time with him. And he said, Hey Matt, work when you want to work, be home when you want to be home. And I was like, Okay. So uh took the gig, did uh initially it was a three year gig. So I like to say I did 13 years of a three year gig. That's <laughs> that's how that went. So people always say, like, well, how'd you do? And I'm like, Well, I did 13 years of a three year gig. So I don't know, you told me how I did. Um And the most important part of that was I was able to spend time with my dad. He passed away in 07. So I was able to be there. Uh, It was an absolute blessing. I was rubbing his chest as he took his last breath. So it was, it was no better place to be when that happens. So um, we buried him out in Arlington National Cemetery and then went to work. So, yeah, so it was, it was, uh, it was that shift.
0: Wow. And, how much can you talk about what, uh, what, what additional training you got during those 13 years? Like, did you get, cause you do have to learn about what the people you're training are going to
1: be Correct. doing. Uh, and what was yeah. that like? Um, well, like I said earlier, that place to me only existed in books and movies. Yeah. So to be able to be in a in I'm a history guy. So when I was going to college before we decided we weren't right for each other, it was history and English. And, um, for me, being in and around that organization, those people, that environment, you know, the places that you're going to are iconic places. If you're like I am, and like you've talked about, you being if you're a student of the history mm-hmm. of what is going on there. So um, it was great. They're great people. Um, a lot of what I've been able to do here at Aries comes from being involved and living in a culture where the people in the room are the people that you work with. Mm. So you can always, what if it, you can always be like, well, let's go out and try to find other, you know, I was a patent that talked about the executing an 80% solution today. Better than, is yeah. Is better can than I a mean, hundred. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so the culture of people, the environment, um, being involved in all of that is, it's exceptional. I don't, I don't believe, and I've been involved in quite a few other things, I don't believe there is a finer group of American patriots than that organization yeah. because they're not only doing what we all do, you, me, service, sacrifice, all of that, they're doing it with zero attribution and with zero expectation mm-hmm. of attribution, and it just is makes a really good person there like i just i'm i'm a fan still yeah of what they're doing yeah So, no, I,
0: I one of the highlight of my time in uniform was working with uh, with those guys in in baghdad and almost went over there i think you you know this uh dropped my papers to get out and go over there and then uh mm-hmm. got accepted had my class updated at the farm to go the the, uh, the ground branch route through, uh, I won't say the name of the program, but there's a program that developed that was, um, that they actually started in Vietnam and then they reinstituted it after September 11th, 2001 to get a certain person into the, that, uh, that organization, but, uh, ended up staying in the teams but um uh but yeah my time with those guys was certainly a career highlight and is obviously uh important to me because it is uh it woven into all of the novels and uh yeah continue. <laughs> you were you had a you had a pencil handy you were like oh what is what are we doing here i should like, have taken some better notes on things <laughs> actually because i didn't uh because i'm trying in my mind there's one particular thing i'm going back to where i'm trying to remember uh a, a certain vehicle and i think i'm I just wish I'd taken a picture of it. I was very cautious of what I took pictures of during yeah. my time over yeah. there, especially during the, in that 2006 timeframe. I mean, now it would be, would be fine, but back then I just didn't want anything electronic. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I took very few photos during that, uh, during that stint. Uh, but I wish I'd taken a picture of one thing and I'll tell you what it is later, but man, I'm trying to rack in my brain, trying to figure out what this thing is because there could be one of two thing and I can't, remember exactly because time so much time has passed and i just conflation i'm just not sure yeah but uh but yeah i mean did you so did you did you do sdr stuff in in, with the
1: the air marshals at all or was that new to you i mean you read about it in books
0: obviously we
1: did but it's a it was a different it it was a different animal so with the air marshal stuff you're confined to the aircraft typically or the mode of transportation you're doing because they're intermodal right so you can do air marshals are doing boats Mm they're doing trains they're doing all of that kind of stuff because they're under transportation now okay um but as far as like a foot surveillance piece or a vehicle yeah. surveillance piece that that's just not something that is right i was
0: curious if they like did uh, it here
1: as far as like uh somebody doing it to you personally to target you somehow as part of something yeah there was so. The, the, part, yeah so so that's where we became most aware with that mm-hmm. but then in the air marshals it was hey man i need your ass in a seat Mm. first. Yeah. So are we going to do two weeks or four weeks of yeah, some yeah. SDR work? Or are we going to, you know, put you on a plane and be like, well, you know, if, yeah, yeah. if Take you get, a seat, if you son. get, if you get jacked in an airport, then I guess yeah. you're not the guy we thought you were. <laughs> um, but no, at the organization, that's what they're built on. Right. Yeah. So those things and programs that you've talked about where, you know, you were accepted into the program to go down to the forum and do those things. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a way of life. That is just part of that, and um, so yeah, those training courses, those things throughout those years, we were intimately involved in in doing that life skill, yeah, and integrating that into your everyday. So um, yeah, it was it was it was pretty neat. What was so the side of me that can't get away from myself mm-hmm. would be in the middle of things like that and would notice something a feature mm. uh, a place maybe within a, a a location we were and the history buff would be mm-hmm. like hey
0: i have yeah. a question
1: is that where right. know, is that where the delta guys practiced the breach on the wall for the embassy back in the 80s nice. and then people oh, wow. would be like what are you what are you even talking about wow. you know? and That's i'd cool. be like oh just 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 checking i yeah, just yeah. wanted to you know can i hop out here and <laughs> make this it's like a awesome. you know go in like you talked about electronics. So one of the things that is and it's kind of a detriment now to Aries social media stuff is I'm not a guy that's used to pulling out a phone and being like, Hey, let me share this with you. Right. Um, it just doesn't happen. So there are times for a long time within that organization where you would just get to spend your time. So like I would go out to some of those places grab your morning coffee, Mm -hmm. go stand there, go look at things, go kick the dirt and be like, okay, this is the feel, this is the texture, this is the history of this place that nobody's ever going to see. I'm not going to be like you with not being able to go back and look at a photo of the Mm -hmm. transportation piece. Ah, I have no aspect of this that I'm ever going to be able to. So I better immerse myself in what it feels like, how it looks. And that's why when you get into as a fan – of yours when you get into your books and your writing that's what sets it apart so for me as a fan of you when it's somebody's not trying to you know reload the cylinder on their 1911 and you're like well that's not even a thing so (laughs) um it's one of those where it's it's a joy and comfort to read because you know you're like yeah man this is a guy that knows what it feels like, what it smells like, how it is the, the un a lot of people write things, but they can't articulate the subconscious. And the thing that I enjoy about your writing, one of the things that I enjoy, cause there is a lot of them, but one of them is you can articulate a subconscious aspect to it because I think for you as a writer, it's, Already woven in. You can't not talk about, you know, your thumb and the bolt release on a carbine, and then that shunk that goes through where the sound isn't a clink, it's not a clan, it's a shunk or it's just like shunk, it just drops in on <laughs> and you can and you can f- you can hear it where you're like three guys away, you're like, hey man, I think you're on a dry chamber. I don't think it picked up around because it, the shunk sounds differently um you're able to articulate those things in your writing that, because it's cuz they're they're not able to be separated from us when we're when we're working right so i think it gives you a depth that translates to your word better than others and so so when's the next book coming out, John? That means a ton to me, my friend. Thank you so much. That
0: that means it's going Someone like you reads it, you know, and you hear that from from people who've done the done the job, who have put rounds downrange and that sort of thing, or been to certain places, or been you know been shot out, whatever it might be, been in an ambush, uh, and you hear from them that, uh, or it's just a description of what it feels like after. Those are the ones that are even right. more powerful. Right. When someone reads something and says, uh, there's yeah. one that really stands out right after that uh the first book, um, where I describe the character, James Reese, taking a uh sniper shot, um, and then what that felt like. And someone wrote to me this really, really emotional email uh about uh how it made it okay for them to feel a certain way after they had this experience in Iraq or Afghanistan. I forget which one it was now. It's been a few years since I read that, that email, but um, that was powerful to hear from, yeah. from someone. Um, but, uh, but I, yeah, I can't separate the, uh, the weapons work from me in general, just today. <laughs> it's certainly was, not, yeah. not in my writing, um, but that was uh, one of the, that,
1: that was one of the key things. So you, I think you will appreciate this. There are two stories that I wanted to tell you or two things I wanted to tell you that previously we've, I've not talked to you about it. And you're like, hey, let's save it for when we can chat. And one of them, first of all, I'll get the other one out of the way. One of them is in my text. When we text talk, I intentionally misspell things and use the wrong. Because you're a writer. So for me, for humor, uh-huh. all my jokes are for me anyway. I don't care if anybody <laughs> else laughs at my jokes. But you can go back and look at our text. Because I, I know when, because my wife's an English teacher. Oh, so I know, I know <laughs> how that works. And so I will be miss. I'll be misspelling, I'll be the wrong connotation, I'll use the wrong possessive cases of things, and I laugh out loud when I'm like, oh, I know there's a layer of him that's gonna read this and be like, oh, Graham's a dumbass. And I'm gonna just be like, it's so funny to me. So I've done that for years, thank you for that. Well, you're welcome, Uh, but uh, that is interesting (laughs) in that that doesn't phase me at all because
0: I'm so used to it. But did you do that because you notice my texts have no. start with a capital letter? They have a period. There's two spaces. Oh, yeah. Then it starts yeah. another capital letter. Then there, you know, it's uh, there's a there, if it's can't there's a n and there's an apostrophe and there's a t. Yeah. Like, yeah. did you notice that so, about my text? Did I? I, I, I them? know that I just <laughs> know I that this. Right?
1: Yeah. This aspect of you, I know. I just know <laughs> because you know the human mind. Where I'm like, I know he has to be recognizing these. Um, don't let it bother me though. Cause it's so calm. No, so I don't I'm not let trying it to do it me. to bother, that's bother you. That's, just, why that's why I didn't take me, note of I it. I just kind of giggle and I'm just like, ah, this isn't even, this isn't even the proper there, but I'm putting it oh, in there. That one, that um, one. Yeah. That's a Yeah. Right. I do uh, know. There's a song. <laughs> I don't hold it against anyone uh, for anyone there's, that's uh, listening right now.
0: There's a song <laughs> that's
1: out there from years ago. There's a song that someone sings that has the improper use of a conjunction or or that drives my wife insane she's like i cannot hear that um but no what i was talking about before was being a fan of the mac bolins and the phoenix forces and all of those things uh when i was at the organization involved in weapons programs uh i had the ability to go like huh uh hey can you bring out a beretta 93r please nice because nice. they had it. When Somewhere. Are you gonna when are you gonna get to shoot that? That's right. And they're like, oh yeah, <laughs> there you go. Um <laughs> and you'd be like, okay. And you're like, well, we're gonna, you know, it's just part of a yeah, familiarization. Right, right. Yeah, I gotta teach people about familiarization with weapon systems. Maybe you run across this in the field. So let's shoot a bread in ninety three R, let's run that MP five from maybe the the briefcase. Um, so all of those things, nice. the little kid uh-huh. in me you was got able to shoot to, them. Yeah, you just write up a lesson plan, and oh, you're like, "Well, so here's great. why. Here's why this works. Like, this is why we're going to need one of those. That's fantastic. Like, oh, okay, you're like, well, I mean, <laughs> maybe a, pa- a palette of ammo.
0: Yes, So oh, that's perfect. Uh, I'd like to go back yeah, through those fun. and uh, and pick out the different weapon systems and those pictures they used to have of them uh-huh. in, in, the, the back, in the back in the back cover. Uh-huh. Right, Yeah. Everyone had yeah. something cool in there. Um, I'm actually have I have someone looking for uh, number one. All the way through, I think when they changed that artwork, when they changed from the Gil Hibben artwork might have been like, let's say 1990, whenever that was, but there was a distinct 19, like 69 ish, 70, Mm -hmm. 72, 73. And then there was a shift. And then the early eighties, there was another shift artwork with Gil Hibben taking it over for those books. um, And probably a couple other people as well, but they had a similar look until they switched at a certain point, I think early 90s, not positive, but have someone yeah. looking for the whole entire collection, uh, perfect condition for me right now, so I can go back and look at those uh, all those weapons in the I back. I saw and, one. Uh, Did you? I saw a, a full collection, collection once. Yeah, yeah. Nice.
1: So I was a uh, law enforcement technical advisor on a film that was shot up here in the 90s. Oh, and nice. What was it? Uh, delivered. Delivered. So, delivered, Ron Eldard, uh-huh. the actor from... E R is married to Juliana Margulies. He played Mike Durant in black Hawk down. Oh, wow. That guy. He was also an astronaut in like one of the okay. astronaut movies. So anyway, it was about a pizza delivery guy who a serial killer follows him and knocks off every person that he's delivered pizzas to. So it looks like it's him. It actually wasn't like a, a great uh, yeah, idea. It's it's not it's, for it's, serial <laughs> killing, but for a book or something. No noted. <laughs> um, so Anyway, uh, one of the production people had a cabin up here by Snoqualmie Falls, mm. and we went over there, just a random, hey, we're going to have a, like, side meeting, that kind of a thing, over a weekend, and down in the downstairs part of this big A-frame cabin uh, was a wall of, of, of every single yeah. one of the Mac Bowl. and and I wandered down the spiral staircase, turned around and I saw that wall. Oh, they and exist. I stayed, stayed there for two and a half days nice. and uh, would just come down and grab stuff and go upstairs and read it and you know it was yeah, it was interesting. Nice. There was a guy there was a guy at the organization when I was there that was got jammed up on some side stuff. and one of the things that they had mentioned was like, hey, this guy's trying to run his own. You know, like trying to run mm. his own team. Mm. So I bought I bought him a Phoenix Force that's hilarious. Copy number one and that's gave it awesome. to him and was like, hey, it's like Phoenix Force. And so then he knew it. He was like, Yeah, he's like, they think I'm trying to do my <laughs> so that was the the running joke was every six months or a year, you know, you go out to your car to leave and there's like a copy of a Phoenix Force oh, book fantastic. and something. And it was yeah. So you it was
0: do crazy. I do you love the gift giving I I love it. I'm looking actually right here. I I've tried to track down original Mac Bowen artwork. Um so I have a uh, Cohen right here. It's a mashup, really. Mac Bolin from Stony Man. Um, it's uh, but it's all original. It's Stony Phoenix Man Force Doctrine and uh, an Able Team together yeah. right here. So I have that uh, that right here. My uh, my wife got it framed for me a couple of Christmases ago. I posted it on that's cool on Instagram. But I've been looking for the other cover art because it exists. It's out there, and uh, you know these artists are getting a little little older, and they they sell mm-hmm. off parts of their estate or, or put it for auction or or whatever. But uh, I think I just missed. The original artwork of individual covers, um, but I'll be looking. I'll be. I'll yeah. be. Uh, I'll be looking. Like Evan Hafer got the original first blood, which I just put away. I Had David Morrell on the podcast. Uh, we're gonna. are gonna drop that podcast in May during, on the 50th anniversary of first oh, wow. blood publication. Um, oh wow! But uh, the paperback, Evan's wife found the original artwork on eBay not that long ago, wow. and he has it at the at the office down here in
1: Salt Lake. Um, amazing incredible man yeah. I know
0: you know you know
1: evan um i missed times. the chance to pick up original artwork from argo oh wow so the movie argo mm-hmm. that came out while they were filming it there was a there was an ad in a organization newspaper mm. like a newsletter that goes around of like hey this is for sale on base kind of a thing uh. and one of the employees was like i have original artwork oh cool and we were in the middle of doing other stuff so you're trying to like Call people, yeah. and you're like, "Oh, does this have to be like, you know? Can I text you? Does it got to be on a secure line? Like, how are you how are you gonna get this?" And I, I missed it, but it was one of those where, right next to an ad to buy a bicycle or take over payments on a guy's bass boat. That's awesome. A person had put in like, "Hey, you know, here's fifty dollars each for these things that I've had since the operation." Wow, back in the eighties. Oh, that's and this is original artwork. They used it in the film again. Dang. To be That's able to crazy. reference it. And I was like, that'd be a neat thing to have, you know, like yeah. on a shelf. Yeah, yeah. Missed it. I have an and original. The, and the bass boat. Didn't get the bass boat either. <laughs> so, so. didn't take over those payments. Uh
0: I do have, it's in the other room, the uh an original wanted poster for uh, bin Laden, not a not a reprint, you know, after the fact, right. but an original mm-hmm. one from ninety. 90- eight I want to say so I have that framed in the uh in the other room but uh I love those the the pulp artwork on on pulp fictions from the 60s and 70s and 80s is just awesome I just I just love that stuff it's yeah
1: it's so inappropriate today from uh, you probably (laughs) couldn't get that you couldn't get that past the people probably today if you were like this is what I'm thinking yeah no but I actually
0: do want to do a uh uh have someone make up like if it was 19 let's say 68 or 1973 yeah. or something and my books had come out back then i want to commission someone to do a cover in the style of those times and see what they yeah. come up with i think that'd be yeah, yeah. that would be i think it'd be pretty, cool pretty cool yeah yeah um, i'd buy one <laughs> thank you thank you yeah no, I, I, I love that stuff um i do want to ask you about life-saving medal, medal of valor and law enforcement medal of honor because i know you won't talk about it unless i i ask you um I specifically will like what uh what you have <laughs> what uh what happened that uh in those situations are those incidents uh, from your time in law enforcement that stand yeah. out in your head um yeah they were all the same
1: day oh wow yeah what, so what happened? Uh, yeah so like i talked about before small town uh june 6th of that year so we worked um I was working day shift at that time. So my shift started at 6 a.m. and went to 6 p.m. The night shift guy, obviously, 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. He lived at the end. So so where we're located is a small town that's attached to one of the San Juan Islands area type thing. So Camano Island. He lived out on the end of Camano Island. So we had decided and worked it out to where instead of rotating at 6, which would put him behind a school bus driving down an island for the next hour, uh, we would swap at 5.30. And everybody was fine with it. Things were good. So um, my dad I had talked about uh, retired out of the Seattle Fire Department, had been involved in all of the things for the 30 years that had gone on there. So one day back in May of that year, we were, my wife and I were at his house with my mom and we're all just hanging out, grilling food. And I said, hey, you know, I work in the morning, early morning, and we're a bedroom community to, you know, Boeing and Everett and Seattle one of these days somebody's going to wake up in the morning and their neighbor's house is going to be on fire. What do you do? And he took the time from a teaching standpoint to walk me around the home that he had built. And I grew up in as a child and took 30 years of firefighting experience and was like, here's where you go. Here's what you do. Here are absolutes. Um, This is how you're going to adjudicate that. And I was like, okay, cool. Now, Preface that by there was a blog that I wrote once under the training life that I had um, about early on. I think I was 12 years old when he took me to the first house fire. We were in Eastern Washington. We were out camping at a family cabin campsite, driving down the road, and someone's home was on fire. And he was like, Hey, come on, we got to go rescue these people. I'm like, Okay. Um, like, you know, shouldn't we check with mom? Like, maybe I'll stay in the truck. Uh, I'm 12. I mean, I'm tall, but I'm still 12. So, um the morning of June sixth, um, June sixth or June fourth. It's been 30 years. Um so at 536 AM, so six minutes after we rotate and swap duty rules, he's up in the shower, I'm down working. They tone out a fully involved house fire with subjects trapped inside. So uh, the, one of the issues we have is the small town is a volunteer fire department. So there's a delay in how those things are going to work. So, um, having just a month prior had this conversation around my childhood home with my dad, I was like, well, there's nobody else to go. So let's go up there and see what we can do. So, um, all of those things revolve around that event. So when I arrived, I was able to, there was an 84 year old woman, That I was able to rescue and get out of the structure as I was pulling her out of the structure and getting her out um, she mentioned that her son uh, who was in his 50s and confined to a wheelchair she actually she didn't say how old he was she just said my son is confined to a wheelchair his name is John and he's back in the other part of the house and I was like okay so it's difficult to articulate how that becomes your problem but I think you understand in a service piece, that is now your problem, right? That's your next task is you're going to, you're going to go deal with this. Um, so I ended up making five more attempts, got to the point, got to the door that he was behind and was on the ground. My radio cord had already been melted through and all that stuff that I wasn't aware of. So I was calling out on my radio, but it's not going anywhere because it's the heat issues. Um, but I got to the door that he was behind and flames were coming through the bottom hinge. So I was down on the ground. And I was like, well, I'm not, I'm not opening that, right? Like I'm not a fireman, but I know that's not a good idea. So, um, at that point, a lot of the things that I had talked about, that my dad had talked to me about, you know, you get to a point where it's like when it's difficult to breathe, carpet is a natural filter. So he's like, when you're finding it, if you're ever in a position where you're finding it difficult to breathe, press your face into the carpet and you can get clean breaths because of not only the carpet, the carpet backing, the pad underneath, you're able to suck air up through basically a modified filter and take care of that. So there's a couple of factors of this story that tie into it. One, she's a grandmotherly aged woman Mm -hmm. who has a son named John who's in a wheelchair. Just behind the door Mm -hmm. when i went to high school there was a guy older than me year older than me that was our star athlete great dude looked up to him in everything uh his name was john he had been after graduation they were going to alaska taking the road right because we're in washington state so Mm -hmm. people drive to alaska all the time so him and his family were driving to alaska he was asleep in the trailer part like a camper on the back of the truck They got in an accident and it paralyzed him. So he ended up in a wheelchair. Before I became a cop, um, his car had, he was with some friends and their car had broken down. And he was sitting in the car near my home where I grew up. And I backpack carried him uh, to a house. The driveway was almost a mile long. So I backpack carry him to this house so he can go to the bathroom and just be there instead Mm -hmm. of sitting in the car because his buddies had already left. So there's my high school interaction with this guy that was just the best athlete and person ever. There's my post-graduation interaction with packing him, right, that way after his accident. And then there's me as a cop, not knowing the home that he actually lived in, but in my mind, tying those two things together, thinking John is on the other side of that door. So I made five attempts to get to him. So full exits from the house, back in, places burning, structure's starting to lose integrity. It's bad. I see the door, hinge line, there's flame, and I'm like, man, it's over. Between me and the door, part of the ceiling drops. So I see this smoking thing in front of me, and I was like, oh, yeah. Like, this whole thing is out of control. So roll over on my back, turn my flashlight off, Right. Because it's the Streamlight SL20XP that had the big old, Mm. you know, polymer body and foam and all that. But it's such brightness in smoke that you can't see anything. It's like you're all high beams in fog. So once I kicked it off, I could see up in the ceiling just the tendrils of flame. Just it was, it, it was to this day, one of the most naturally. Beautiful and mesmerizing things I've ever seen. It is entirely captivating to see that living thing, yeah. like just work like just consuming and working and doing that. it was it was, and then the voice in my head was like, "Hey, man, you're gonna die in here. Mm-hmm. Like you need to go. So rolled over, took another breath, ended up getting out. When I got out, the fire department was arriving. I ended up in an ambulance going to the hospital. So I... Smoke inhalation? Yeah, all of that. Smoke inhalation, heart rate, like all that stuff was bad. So I wake up in the hospital later and I'm bawling because John died, right? And in my mind, I haven't separated. Like it's the John that I know. Mm -hmm. So I'm dealing with that issue, right? Like you're not... Like, it's loss. You you couldn't do your job, right? Like, you, you're you the reason for this whole thing. So one of the docs says, hey, man, it's okay. He had a good life. And I'm like, no, he didn't, right? Like, he's he's not much older than me. And they're like, well, what are you talking about? The guy's, like, 54 years old. Mm. And then I have this realization, like, wait a minute. Uh, like, yeah. I'm knowingly sacrificing this stuff for someone that I think it's someone, mm. and it wasn't. It was somebody else. Yeah, so like, wiped the smoke and tears from my eyes, and I'm like, wait a minute. It's not, it's not the guy that I know. Like, It's just a real, real stranger. Yeah. Um, so years later, probably within the past nine years maybe, I found him, the John that I know. Yeah. And I went up, hung out with him, and I was like, let me tell you a story about when I went to save your life. And Jeez. it wasn't you. Wow. Right? And and so I share with him the whole thing. Yeah. And we're laughing and crying about it and having this whole – And I'm like, man, I'm I'm like, I know that this Jeez. thing needs to be done from yeah. a service standpoint. Right? Like, I'm here. I'm the one to – And I'm yeah. like, and then it's not even you. Yeah. So I was, he was like, you know, uh, sorry, I guess. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's wild. So, yeah. Jeez. Um, So, yeah. So then it gets into – um, that's the life-saving medal and the Medal of Valor. So the Medal of Valor is the highest award you can receive from your department. Mm-hmm. Um, And then during this event, so like I said, we're a bedroom community. Everett Naval Station is 30 minutes down the highway. During this thing at 536 in the morning, um, in the middle of it, a naval officer comes out of his house to go to work sees what's going on, apparently from his vantage point, watches me make these trips back and forth into this place. And he came in later, and this was all told to me later, he came in later and gave his account of what he saw that morning to my own leadership wow. staff and was like, hey, man, I don't know who that guy is, but this is what I saw. Wow. Um, so then I was put in for, on the state level, They do a Law Enforcement Medal of Honor that's awarded. It goes through, like, state Congress, and the governor awards it. So I subsequently received that. The thing that's important to me about that is not so much that that happened, but that the year that I received it, they awarded 13 of those, and nine of them were posthumous. So those are the guys that legitimately are like, hey, man, this is – this is the sacrifice and service that those officers did. You know, I just did my job standpoint. So, Incredible. Jeez.
0: Or what the job fireman's I? job.
1: Cause they didn't show up. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> the rivalry between police yeah. and fire, I hold pretty, pretty steady. Yeah. So well, I get both in so your my blood, st- you know? Yeah. Uh,
0: so after all those years at the agency, then jumping back there, um, Developing those skills, shooting a ton, um, those friendships, uh, people that we both know. Um, when do you decide to to get out and and move on? And do you is, do you do you we want to start Aries it. like right away, or is it like something that happens well, a little bit after? What's that? What's no, that's Why did you why did you move out? It was quick.
1: So uh, it was time to move on. We both felt that like the organization started to change. I know that there are changes and standardization changes that you know, your old team and unit experiences as well, where you're just like, Hey man, this is, this is different than what it was. Um, they thought it was time. I thought it was time. And it was one of those where I had been a away and separated from my family enough that it, when those other blocks start to fall in place yeah. or become a barrier and you start to recognize them that way, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get out of here. So yeah. when it came time to be done, it was, we mutually were like, yeah, we're done. Okay. So, um, I woke up, my wife, it was summertime, it was June 2018, my wife said, when you wake up tomorrow morning, if you could do anything you want to do, what would it be? And I said, oh, I'd make watches, I'd be a watchmaker. And she's like, then make watches. And because I'm a smart ass, I said, I think there's two more steps. And she was she didn't bite on it. And she was like, hey, uh, someone else figured out how to do it. So you can figure out how it needs to be done. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So... The interesting side of this to me was I then set about building Aries. Mm-hmm. Like this is, this is what it's called. This is what the structure is. This is what we make. This is how we make it. And I, I took some time. It was less than a few weeks to figure out because I'd been in the watch world and new guys through, you know, forums and groups and companies and all of that stuff. How do I take it? And then I had had that conversation where it was like, are you going to make a watch or are you going to make a watch company? Because mm-hmm. they're fundamentally different things. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to build a watch company. So we, I structured all of that out, set it all out. The only My wife's a school teacher, so it's not like we're Silver Spoon or we have a trust fund. Mm-hmm. Um, and I laid everything out sat her down our oldest at the time was over 18 so it would have affected him as well so i sat them both down he's our he's now 23 and he's he makes all our quartz watches so he's the one that you had written the books out to okay cool caleb the one that you interacted with talking with him the uh our other son jonah is doing our social stuff okay and he's the one that interviewed you for our that's it jonah yeah yeah, that was jonah um so anyway i said this is what it's going to take and this is what we can do and we either choose to do it or we don't choose to do it. I'm fine either way. I'll go find another gig. We can go do something else, but I believe in this, and I believe we can make this, and I believe we can build it. Um, So my wife took a couple of days, which was fine. I was like, hey, don't answer me now. And I also said, which I think was super important, even if you say no, this isn't something I'm going to go do behind you. This mm. isn't something that I'm going to – if we choose to do this moving forward as a, as a group, we're not. And a couple of days later, she came back and she was like, "Yeah, let's do it." So, at that point, I mean, how everything everything that is on your wrist
2: Mm -hmm.
1: had to be created from somewhere. Yeah. So the design had to come from something. We had to cut it from something. We had to make it. We had to the the box has to be depicted. So all of that and. And interestingly enough, now in our corporate space, in our office, the Aries Clubhouse, basically, that we built here, this is when people walk in here, the way that I describe it easiest, when I talked about how, hey, the podcast to me is therapy. Mm. This is how my brain translates what a space looks like. Mm. So when you walk in here, it's Pelican cases full of watches. There's a 60-foot fast rope hanging outside the door. There's – it's gear lockers and equipment. It's – how I envision and how my brain translates this is what our space is nice um and so then it's executing that like what do you got to do yeah right the road's not going away you still got to run it yeah so what are you going to do and since then I it's it's both daunting and amazing to me that We're coming up in June, four years in. Four years. I was just going to ask you that. How? And it's like four years in. Was it
0: from that discussion until the first watch was on your wrist? uh,
1: We got prototype pieces built and made in November of that year. And what was it? What What did you say the date was? June. June. Wow. So from June to November. Amazing. And then we started delivering those pieces after the first of the year. And then since then, it's just been a constant. It's just like, so, well, so I got like one right away. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I mean, what do you think you're, you're not like a,
0: you know, <laughs> come on. <laughs> that's know? amazing. Yeah. Dude. Thank you. I didn't realize it was yeah, so, uh, so quick. So. Incredible. I mean, that's amazing. You were yeah. working hard. I mean, we still are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like from building uh, something from the ground up, but I mean, yeah. from where you, from that discussion at the, Let's say the dining room table, kitchen table, to the first watch, to now this space that you have with a podcast mm-hmm. studio, where you have uh, these clubs coming by, the car club coming by to do special yeah. like, like events. Um, I mean, you're you are you have grown a ton. All American made, all self yeah. made. Like you are crushing. I love those stories, mm-hmm. and obviously love the watches. Yeah. But uh, man, that is that is amazing. Congratulations. It's it's something.
1: I mean, it what? it's one of those where. Yeah. I mean, there's, well, what's the other option? Yeah, exactly. No, like exactly. there is no other option. Yeah. So, you know, get to work. So there was a, there's a line that I heard from one of the instructors at the air marshal program that I've kept even in life and in everything else from training and all of that. And what he had said was, so they introduced the scenario, whatever scenario you're going to go in. So yeah. anything in your seal life or anybody listening in, in their own life, it translates directly across because what he said was you have a finite amount of time to successfully adjudicate your problem. So get to work. And I was like, man, I'm going to write that down. Like I'm going to remember that because that it. is, that's incredible. Yeah, that is. And it's so telling on every level of what it is because you can in, from a business owner standpoint and building all of this and trying to keep it moving and have momentum and gain, and it's slogging through things that saying means different things at different layers of what you're doing, yet it's you have a finite amount of time to successfully adjudicate your problem. So get to work. And it was like, okay. And it's how much is that time? I have no idea. It's cute that we think we get to know how much time that is. Yeah. Um, so for me, what do you put off? And that's why from a manufacturing standpoint, I want to build, you know, you know, We talk about being made in America, those engines, the engine that drives our watches are Swiss, you know, the loom and the dial stuff is Swiss. So there's things that we don't make in-house because we're not the best people in the room to make it, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't stop us from trying to integrate it. Mm -hmm. So this is the very first titanium watch. So this is the titanium diver one. Um, And we're cutting titanium on the other side of town at the shop. We're getting everything done here. But that's another piece where it's like, think of every piece of kit that you had in the teams. And then think of, man, I need to manufacture and make every piece of this kit. Mm. And then think of the secondary level of, okay, to even make something, what do you have to make? Right. So, you know, we're, we're creating tooling to make tools to make parts. And it's, it's, it blows my mind on one level. And then on the other level, it's like, well, yeah, what else are you going to do? There's nobody here that's going to just, you have a finite amount of time to get it done, man. So go to work. Oh, you're like, well, man. I guess we're going to go to work.
0: I think you're going to like it when I send you um, in the blood here soon. Um, there's, a, uh, there's a watch time component to the whole thing a passing on of uh of wisdom from one generation to the next and of course it centers around a, a rolex submariner bought yeah. in saigon and that his dad had but it was stolen yeah. by that guy yeah, yeah 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 he gets it back and then now but it's coming back in um here but more from a uh you know the standpoint of uh, of time and how you spend it but i love that that uh that line i'm gonna have to incorporate that into a a future novel somehow but it's close to what i what i created without having heard that from you uh yeah. for in the blood it really captures what uh what i was going for there but um
1: that's awesome i love that incredible yeah i Man. mean that's you gotta some point right like nobody's gonna gotta come to along and do it for you yeah no gotta yeah, execute absolutely. What, uh,
0: but you did what was Graham combat about did you do that for a little bit was that bridging yeah, the so gap that's training
1: yeah, yeah. you still exactly doing that bridging the gap. no Done. done. um okay. stop doing it last year was the very last did a kill house class, um, which is basically a shoot house class, right? Mm-hmm. Individual response to dynamic environments. Um, I called it kill house because that's the original term, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. From back in the day back that the then day. became, oh, that's so offensive. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, that's what we're going to pick. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, Graham combat was definitely a bridge okay. between the life I was having yeah. Training others, and then those around me from my law enforcement background, from the air marshal background, were yeah. like, Hey, man, like, what, where do we benefit? Like, what do we get? Yeah, where's the fruits that we get from all of that and what we're doing? So, um, ran that for quite a while. So, that came from initially when I got involved in training, we were doing Colt's live fire training program mm. so myself and another former Marine who was also a law enforcement guy Rich Jones uh, we developed Colt's live fire training program oh, wow. and ran that under the people that were running Colt at the time and then I went off to the air marshals and after that went into the other aspect of life and it was Got that it. constant teaching piece I yeah. mean I've I all of those people, So the fire event that we talked about, the Uh success of that event, even though there was loss of life, the success of that event came from an individual who was immersed in that culture, teaching me the benchmarks. Okay. The, the, one of the things that I'm thankful for was that individual happened to be my dad. So that teaching was very Mm -hmm. close. Um, In all of the other aspects of my life, there have been teachers who have been pivotal in my learning, and in my path. So I approached Graham Combat as, because you and I have both been to courses, we've both been involved in things where you're like, man, this is, I hope somebody's checking a box somewhere, because this is, Mm -hmm. I'd rather be somewhere else. So I built Graham Combat as classes that I wished I could go to. Yeah, Because as a student, the way that I would convey the information and translate the information was important to me, from that aspect. So, um, but yeah, that I don't, I don't do that anymore. Yeah, because I'm kind of busy doing this. Kind of and, busy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, and-
0: I'm, I, I wish I'd gotten in a class uh, with you over the over the years because I need a little tune up uh, right now. I'm doing a lot more typing than I am, I'm doing training. Luckily, I had a very solid foundation but uh yeah we'll have to get on the range together at some point along the line here that'd be that'd be incredible um and uh i know you've been so kind with your time here but i do want to ask you about lessons learned um have there been a couple over the last years building this business that uh that uh that you want to pass on to anybody else other entrepreneurs that are starting out going down this path found their passion and uh running into a roadblock here or there but what have you uh, what have you learned over the last couple of years as far as uh, maybe obstacles or, or or lessons in
1: business? Well, I think that's the the first one is the way that I look at it and the way that you're describing it is those obstacles is how do you deal with obstacles fundamentally? Mm-hmm. So if you look at something and see it as an obstacle and it's a barrier, then there are times where you're going to want to just turn around and go away from that barrier, right? Road's closed. We're not able mm-hmm. to go down there. And for me, those obstacles is like, well, how am i gonna how am I gonna get through that obstacle? right? Can I climb it? Can I go around it? Can I breach it is yeah. it is it what do I do um because there is no other option so one of the things that was often said that I had heard was, "I can't want it for you more than you do
2: mm-hmm.
1: right i can I can will you and hope that you you know, pass this qualification, but if you don't want to be here, right, if you're going to ring out or you're going to do something else, well, then you're going to do that. I can't want it for you more than right. you want it for yourself. So for me, it is, I think, equal parts, uh, equal parts drive yeah. and determination to an absolute flip side of the coin of pure ignorance. just just sometimes that's helpful actually just an absolute absolute unaccounting of oh here's the daunting task in front of you and be like well that still needs to be done sure right and that's that's a that's a characteristic thread through a service type of life it's like hey man it's cold it's wet it's all this other stuff that none of that's going to go away right Mm -hmm. you have a finite amount of time so, get to work, and that's right. where, for me, from a business standpoint, we started this with our minimal savings, mm. right like this is it, like this is the money we have, and we can we can move forward and we can do this thing so uh, I had this conversation with Evan a couple of months ago when I was down there um, of I continued to address from a financial standpoint, right? Cause it's a limited pot of money. So everything you're gonna do, so for us as a business, everything just keeps generating how we can do this. But, you know, I would write out, I'm the cook in our family if we wanna eat. So, um, you know, there's, can you go to Whole Foods and get that food? Or can you go to the dollar store and get those things? Like, yeah, at some point you're, you're, you're scraping and you're doing everything you can to get it together recognizing that like, Hey man, there's a goal here that we're working towards. There's a, there's a piece at the end of this that, you know, your mm-hmm. apple gets fresher and bigger every time, um, to be able to do that. So I know that part of me being, if we can look at Aries as being a success, which I don't yet, like, I think we're, I think we're doing well. I think we're good. I I like what we make. Um, and we are solid from a foundation aspect, but I didn't get into building this business um, as a one to two year piece. When right. I sat down and wrote the business plan to then talk to my wife and kids about, I said, I'll run ARIES for the first 20 years. And here is that 20 year plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that was difficult at the agency, um, and one of the guys that I used to work with in four said it, very well because of the rotation that happens is it's hard to have a five-year plan with two-year people Mm. and so for me with this it's is what are you trying to build i'm trying to build longevity and security for me and my family for a long time well then my plan can't be a two-year plan right my focus can't be hey just get a watch on jack's wrist and we're going to be good Mm -hmm. that's that's not it right and it's How do we build something that has longevity and staying power? So everything, we're which is harder, it's significant. It would be a lot easier to do this if I didn't choose to do it here. Mm. And that is a hundred percent the truth of manufacturing in the United States today. It would be a hell of a lot easier if we just didn't stick to what our belief system is. That being said, if I didn't stick to my belief system, is this the time that I'm going to compromise, right? Like of all the things in life and service that we've been fortunate enough to be able to do, oh, this is where you're going to compromise what you believe in? Like, come on, man, this is easy day. I mean, I know I'm going to sleep in my bed tonight. Yeah. Um, I know I'm going to have a good lunch, probably. So now is not the time to start sacrificing what we do. So um, the only person that's going to believe, the only person that believes legitimately at the end of the day, you're going to be a writer and write that book, Jack, was you, Mm -hmm. right? Everybody around you can give you the love and support. And, you know, your mom being a librarian, giving you books and just burning in and out of that building, being like, hey, give me everything I can, can support that. But at the end of the day, who's the person under the load on the slog Mm -hmm. is you. So if you believe in it and don't compromise the belief in that, then you can do it. And that's what I'm doing. Hey man, I want to build the finest hard use mission timer that I can. Yeah. And then from that be like, okay, if I believe in that and I'm going to make it, then I'm going to make it. And you know who I make every single one of those for the same people that you write your books for, you write your book for you. And it's just guys like me and, millions of other people that happen to love them. I make that watch for me. I built the mission timer that I wanted to have when I was working. Now, the good part about that is the characteristics of that timer also appeal to a guy like yourself yeah. and other people in the world that are like, man, you know what? I like that too. So I don't know why. And I want to, I want to talk to you about this at some point. Cause I've, I've, Brought it up with Evan and others, the negativity and the negative side, because we all have the voice, right? We all have that voice in there that is just at times jawing away and can be daunting and be like, hey man, it's a lot easier to quit this than it is to keep going. Mm-hmm. But is it? So typically it's the the quitting aspect of it or the the listening to the voice that's negative and telling you you can't do it. It seems like the easy fix at times. The hard one is being able to contain that and continue to go. So, um, for me, I just know that there is no other option. Nothing else mm-hmm. is putting food on the table. Um, I could go do those other things, but those things either take me away from my family or take me away from the things that I, you know, want to to do at this point in my life. Mm-hmm. So, I'm curious, how do you? manage and mitigate that i know one of the things you do that we talked about and i love when you do it is read the negative review side but you know there's also that piece that i don't know i'll let you talk about it but i i just think that each one of us regardless of whether you're you which is amazing by the way um or me and doing what we're doing here or just the casual listener in their own life of dealing with like the you know the struggle of it's when someone else echoes that voice that we all have of be like, hey, man, maybe we should just back out of this. How do you stay on path with being like, nope, I'm going to take you and I'm going to silence you a little bit. And I'm going to tuck you away and I'll deal with you at another time.
0: Yeah, I guess I never really, really thought of it. In, uh in those terms before, you know, there's, of course, little discouragements that we all have that mm-hmm. they, you did hit, of course, but that's expected. I ne- never let it be a surprise that, hey, someone's going to hate my book and going to write a horrible review or someone's going to write a review and not even have read it just because they think they know a political view and they want to just hurt me. You know, yeah. that's just don't let that be a surprise. That's just a part of the world that we're in. And life's going to throw hard things at you. Like you're going to have setbacks. You're going to get hit. You're going to hit hard. Um, that is a part of life. It has been a part of life from the beginning of time until now. So don't let it be a shock when it mm-hmm. happens to you. Um, and then, so what are you going to do? You're going to sit there and think about how hard life is. Right. It's hard. Like it's already there. You already know yes. that you already know you're going to get hit. Um, so when that happens, how long are you going to then stay down? Okay. You can stay, you can take a breath. You can get knocked down. You can, that's what I like breath. about that's okay. it though is yeah.
1: You know, that's, that's okay. when you say you could take a breath. Yeah. Take okay, a breath. Man, you got time to. Yeah. yeah.
0: But eventually you have to get back up. Yeah. Like there, it, it's, that yeah. is for sure. There's that, just that, no other option. There's no other option, but the option is how you get back up. Now right. you can like get back up complaining and whining and bringing people down around you by this negative energy that you're giving off because you had it so hard or whatever it was, or You can get back up and be an example to those around you, however large or small that circle is, whether it's a wife, whether it's a wife and one child, whether it's a wife and three kids, whether it's a wife and three kids and one friend, whatever it is, uh, or 35 million people today for people that are out there that have these social followings on online uh, that you couldn't have had 40 years ago, 30 years ago. Um, so that's the choice that how you get back up and that's, what's important and that's what defines your character. Um, And that's how you inspire those around you. But that's a choice. You get to choose either way. You get to choose whether you can get back up stumbling and crying and whining and being negative and not helping those others around you. Or you can get back up and and choose to get back up in a way that helps those around you in your circle, however large or small that is. Um, So that's the choice. Uh, I think that goes in those terms.
1: And I think that goes directly to the question you asked me about like, what advice would we give to a new entrepreneur or somebody starting their business is exactly that it's how you're going to do it. Hey man, this is the character and this is the way that I'm going to move it forward. And this is what we're going to believe in. And then I'm going to continue to do those things whether or not, mm-hmm. right? Like however the C is, the C is the C man. We're not going to change it. So it's like, is it just going to be, are we in an easy part of the journey or a hard part of the journey? Um, but, if you're an easy part of the journey, uh, that's time to
0: prep for the times yeah, when it's when the storm's your, coming, <laughs> the yeah, time to prep your, for the storm is in together. the middle of it, take some notes yeah. when you're in the middle of it, yeah. uh, so that you're better next time. Cause another storm is yeah. coming. Uh, yeah, you but, know, and that's not just, that's, uh, you know, not being paranoid. That's just being aware, prepared, good example. Uh, you know, yeah. all those, all those sorts of things, which just makes and then, sense. At,
1: and then how do you, how do you perceive those? We had one of those pretty significantly in this past year of trying to get our manufacturing done in-house. There's a local, we're in the Pacific Northwest, right? There's a lot of aerospace and defense Mm -hmm. companies up here. So there's a local one that we had gone to that started cutting all of our components here. So Mm -hmm. those main components of that case and all of those big steel pieces on your wrist, we were cutting closer to home, which is exactly what I want, right? Ideally, I'd want them in my same building that Mm -hmm. I'm in right now, but we'll start getting We'll get there, baby steps. Um, And we ran into a manufacturing problem with them that we weren't made aware of. Mm. They had done some things on their end to try to help themselves out that Mm. ended up being detrimental to us. Mm -hmm. Um, We ended up, out of 800 pieces that we were cutting, we had about an 8%, just just under 8% rate of those. So if you look at the face of your watch right now, when your bezel lines up with 12 o'clock um they had cut the case in such a way because they had compromised the manufacturing integrity Mm, it was a little off unbeknownst to us so they had started the job had it on the machines and then to go do other stuff they tore, they took our job off the machine which you don't do when you're making Mm. something right and then when they came back and set it up again they set it up wrong and we had about an eight percent swath of that so if you think of it as a as two cans of 556 sitting in front of you and you have eight percent of those rounds that you don't know if they're going to fire or not because you can't tell by looking um so how do you deal with it so it was a problem and what we were able to do was through better engineering and better math from our side Mm -hmm. so if you look at your Timer right now, that 12 o'clock index point, there is a single hole drilled in your case underneath that bezel that keeps that bezel aligned. Okay. And what we were able to do through math was now we cut four holes. So within those four holes, they visually translate to one quarter minute. So now we can clock, mm. much like headspace and timing, we can clock that bezel based on variances and variabilities from a manufacturing end. So we got a solid steel-toed boot kick to the nuts. Mm. <laughs> like it was a standby to get blasted. Yeah, And then from that, we were able to be like, well, how are we going to deal with it? Right. And I'm like, well, here's a way that we can deal with it, that we come out of it not only solid in what we're making, right, through a, going to a new place now, yeah. not that place, okay. but – in addition to that, having an engineering design that gives us the ability to now account for, if we go back to that headspace and timing analogy, variances and everything else that happens. So oh. it was it was tough. And while I was in it, it was one of those things that <laughs>
0: it yeah. was
1: unique to have to deal with, but gave us the ability to now on our end be like, you know what, we have an exponentially better piece that we're able to put onto the wrist of somebody um, that we didn't have before, that we never would have invented, we never would have come up with because we didn't have that problem. So, again, is it a a barrier? Or is it just like, okay, well, this isn't the hardest thing.
0: No, it's amazing how many times things that are – problems end up actually propelling you forward because it forces you to deal it forces you to adapt it forces you to do the thing that on the battlefield you have to be doing constantly because the enemy is doing it um so when something like that happens it's amazing how you come out better for it superior product in in your case um so that's uh yeah it's all about you know looking for those gaps in the enemy's defenses capitalizing on momentum and adapting because that's what the enemy is doing to you and you know sometimes you got to do pretty quick hence time Yeah, absolutely. So what's in here? Do I need to open this right now? Yeah. So you had
1: talked about you wanted to do a giveaway. Yes. Well, there you go. Crack that bad boy open and check it out. this thing up here?
0: Let's see what we got here. And uh, yeah, this is awesome. And I love, now I know the story around the kitchen table. I don't know if people can see that established 2018. um, You've got your Skiff sticker on there? I do. I do. That's why I didn't open it. I was going through things and- uh, I as uh, a half face blade right here, but, uh, oh. I, uh, I got that. And I noticed this on the other watches too. I had there, it comes, it's been coming in different cases. You have had a couple like, so, 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 so cool. These different things that you've, you've done. I love the creative side of this, but I almost opened this the other night because I thought you said there was two coming and which there's another one, but, uh, but I almost, I was just going so fast and I was almost like, and I saw this and I was like, wait a second. And I actually went back to our text and I was like, I'm just gonna hold off, just in case this isn't the one I was supposed to open. I'm not clear on exactly which one I was supposed to open right now, but uh, let's take a look here. At what we have going on? Boom! Um, that's uh, a. So this
1: is the oh, that thing that's right fu- this is this is the thing that's funny to me is I'm sitting here, quiet with anticipation, like I don't know what's already in the box. <laughs> like I like <laughs> it's like oh, what is it? And I'm like, come on, man! <laughs> like this is a. Look what's look it that! See? open? I don't
0: know if people can see that. There's the skiff tape. So I have two. I had two things I had to, to cut through there, but that was the skiff one. I think it was this one the other night that caused me pause. I don't think this one, the red one, didn't cause me pause. But I got yeah. to this. I was so like, wait a second. Uh, po- so there's I'm a lot of
1: people. There's 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 a there's a subsect of Aries watch users mm-hmm. um, who can't wear timers. Right? Can't wear G-Shocks. Can't mm-hmm. wear all the other electronic watches because of the environments they work in right because yeah. you can't go in a skiff with anything like that mm-hmm. like if it has any aspect of connectivity but you, you can't be in a skiff so guys would reach out and one of the things that they would commonly say is like hey man this is this is good in a skiff right like I can wear this in and I'm like yeah it's no different than wearing you know um so then I was like you know what we should we should put that on there Nice. for people that i mean that that's one of those easter egg pieces that means love something it. legitimately to you like you'd be yeah. like oh yeah okay um to the majority of people that don't work in and around that environment it doesn't mean much but it's a it's one of those little things where it's that's like, pretty yeah, cool i love the little uh, things it, it the little things matter they do <laughs> and then there's right. that pretty bag there it is. There's the burn to... bag. Yes. <laughs> so our burn bags, the burn bags that I grew up with, or uh-huh. not grew up with, but professionally dealt with, are exactly those.
0: Yes. So um, for those wondering what a burn bag is, it was like a, a trash can for stuff that needed to be burned. Essentially, or not a trash can, a trash bag that needed
1: bag. to be to be it's burned. It's exactly a grocery bag. So think of your <laughs> now paper grocery bag that has the red and white lines painted on it. On the bottom of it, it says you know classified for destruction of classified material.
2: Yeah. So
1: when I was looking at packaging the Diver Ones, like, how do you do it, right? You could, how do you package it? It's like, you. and so for me, just like creating this Aries Clubhouse that I'm in, when I decided to package the watch, I was like, well, I'll wrap them in a burn bag. Well, yeah. here, as an aside, I will say, hey, Jack, you got any idea how hard it is to get burn bags? And nice. I'm like, it's fairly difficult. So when is I... it? Oh, it's not easy. So <laughs> I was able to buy... You can't just get them on
0: Amazon? I kind of figured you'd be able I, to get them on I Amazon. I bought...
1: I bought a pallet of burn bags from a GSA supplier um and I was still in the connex working out of the connex at the house so the delivery truck pulls up the guy kind of like looks at the connex looks at me looks at the burn bags and was oh, like nice. hmm and I'm like eh, I just like he knew I just, well he did I, who knows what he knows yeah um but yeah we have a that and um the use of a burn bag is directed by all of those policies and procedures put in place by the Director of National Intelligence. Um, so burn bags have recently changed. Oh really? So so now they are like a just a brown paper bag that says like classified on the side. Okay. So they don't look like this so, anymore. Yeah. So what I'm doing is as we use the stock of what we have, um, I've reached out to grocery shop bag manufacturers uh-huh. and said, I need these bags printed because <laughs> um that's awesome to me it's it's not good enough to be like well i could put some white and red lines on something and be like no i want bags made that are a bag because we take a bag and cut it down to that yeah so that's awesome that's awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah like i said it's those little things it's those little it so is. this is one we're giving away
1: yeah check the case back Let's see i don't want to cut because i have to cut into it or should i just peel this off just peel the sticker off right. pull the strap out a little bit and check the case back right, because so. you should recognize some stuff on the back of that yeah oh, man. yeah oh,
0: man. There we go oh that is cool i want to snip it and show yeah you should people i mean
1: right it's here. from you
0: so it's <laughs> it's not that i guess i don't need to keep that on there but uh that oh man
1: dude is that i believe i believe on that tag too, the tested tag that you have right there yeah. i believe it I wrote the serial number at the top is that awesome. Yeah. Car zero one. Car zero zero one. Thousand, yeah. Thousand meter test. Dude, this is awesome. So some, we're, we're giving this one away. Yeah. You had said, wow. Hey, let's do a giveaway. Amazing. Um, and I was, I'm always down. Like, <laughs> you know that as soon as the first text comes in of like, Hey, I have an idea. I'm like, yeah, I'm down. You're like, you don't even know what it is yet. And I'm like, that's yeah, okay. <laughs> I
0: know, that, was so awesome. that was so it's awesome
1: going to involve cool kit uh cool drinks or cool yeah. times so yeah why would i not it. roger up right there you can see that tomahawks
0: right there cross
1: tomahawks with the car zero zero one <laughs> and that's the one you wear this came out just great. different than um so that was the one that you wanted to do and then there was another project that you wanted to do based yeah. upon the show coming out And i don't know if you want to chat about that or not uh, um, we had talked about a lot of ideas is that in the other, the one for the one, the front that, yeah. So do you want me to show you that? Shit. Uh, really, yeah. Okay. Okay. Hang okay. on. Let me grab it. Dude, this is awesome. Dude, That's rad. That's, So there's one of those things where the depth of love that I have for you extends to things because you still use the word like rad that I use all the time. (laughs) I got to do it for the, for the eighties throwback. You know what I mean? I know that. I also know that if someone were to publish our texts, that there would be a few from me that say like awesome sauce. And I'm like, (laughs) yeah, I say awesome. sauce."
0: Hey, why not? Oh man. Look at that. So There's that. That's awesome. Look at that. Awesome
1: sauce, dude. There's a little cross tomahawks right there that we had. Nice. There's also one that I did. I don't know if you want me to show you this one. Let's see. Uh, The designer in me was like, hey, let's do one that's a little bit bigger. So I might build this and give it to you.
0: Dude, look at that.
1: Which is like. That's pretty sick. Yeah, right?
0: Man.
1: So those. uh, Wow. We just did those. So that's one of those where it was like. Yeah, so we're going to build those up and that was wow. your to do the the prime launch. Wow. Amazing. To your show, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, July 1st. Coming in it's hot. Good. It's looking we're gonna
1: good. A, we're going to have a viewing party right over there in the Dude. The Aries Clubhouse. Awesome. you
0: will have to th- get the remote on and pause it at a certain scene. I'll, I'll prep <laughs> yeah. you ahead of time, like what episode, where uh, you can for sure uh, see it. Um, and there's, it, it's on other people's wrists. I just don't know how how prominent, you know, because you're yeah. doing this stuff and, and you're moving. Yeah, and, and we and did a couple stuff. of
1: things. Like we sent out some GMTs and we sent out some some autos and um, the prop guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, is one of the guys that on Gary our Tour's podcast. Yeah, I'd like to get him on and be able to talk about stuff because he's awesome. Like all these other things that were going on, so I was like, "That'd be neat."
0: Yeah, he's a third generation prop master, but he's like fourth generation Hollywood. I think that's it. So it like the beginning, yeah. yeah. And then next generation was prop master, prop master, master,
1: but there was there was a connection there. Like they were doing like. The first documentaries of South Gold Rush. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He's, a, he's such an awesome he's dude. He went above and beyond for uh, for all the
0: uh, the props and the the weapons and the terminal list. Like, he, he did an incredible job. But, uh, yeah. Dude, this is just too cool. It's the one we did last year. People love that. I mean, people just love your watches, love what you're doing. Um, and, you know, that engagement piece. And people want to know who they're getting something from these days, you know, not just a, a product, maybe it's, it's already an established, huge company, you know, different, but when they're doing something like this, like they want to know the person behind it. They want to know about their, you know, they want to know about their family, what's important to them. Uh, that's just a part of today of, uh, in in any space where you're doing something like a boutique type of a, um, type, type of a, a, uh, product.
1: And that's the thing that we, I mean, I celebrate it. I love it. I think it's important for how we're doing it. Um, you know our our oldest boy Caleb is our quartz watch maker. He just moved to San Diego, right? So he's down there. Um, because when I built the company, I built it off a template of being decentralized, yeah. knowing that if the best watchmaker isn't here, then how do you get them? So it was like, hey, I can run this thing out of a Connex. You know, my wife's like, hey, are you going to build this company out of a Connex? I'm like, we've conquered the world out of a Connex. I think we yeah. can run a business out of one. So, nice. um. So for me, it's always interesting because that timer that you're holding that we're giving away, we cut here. So we cut that from steel stamped here and done. Jonah, my other son, deburred that and, and shot that with our bead blast to get that finish on it that's consistent. So the interesting part of it is the hand-built nature of that timer we get pushback from from people that are like, "Hey, this isn't as clean as it could be." Like other big brands, I'm like, "It's I don't clean think to me." You understand? I'm like, "I don't think you understand what you're getting." Like, this is the I don't know what they're talking you know, like,
0: about because well, all of and, mine and
1: this is incredible. The, the idea of it is cleanliness to me is that we're making it. Yeah. So if there is – if if you were to set six of these things next to each other, on a whole, they're going to look the same, right? Because they're uniform. But individually, is there a a machining mark that is different on one of the cases that isn't on yours? And it's like how interesting has the world gotten that in making something by hand for you – is now pushed back against and being like, no, I want it to where you can't tell. And I'm oh. like, well, then you know what? Maybe we're not your guy.
0: Yeah, maybe somewhere so, else. But I'll tell you what, like I yeah. have four of them now here in front of me, and uh, this is awesome. I love this one also yeah. that has the the red secondhand. hand. Uh, yep, love. The, I mean, they all look incredible, and I wouldn't, I would never have looked at one and uh, been like, oh, look, at, there's a, something wrong, or this is different. Yeah.
1: Like there's, well, see, and I think that's amazing. the difference. I think that's the way that you as an individual and I as an individual and a lot of people that enjoy us and the things that we make and create approach tools and kit where, you know, it's like, I've, I've not, I've never looked at anything that I've bought under 10 and 20 power magnification and called, called trying to find something. Yeah. Made the backpack and was like, Hey, I think you're an asshole. Like this is, it's ridiculous. So for me, it's just like, Hey man, it's a tool. And just like in an armory, Go run that tool. Mm-hmm. We make that here, so you can go utilize it. Go run that thing as much as you can. And if at any time it needs to come back and we retune it, right? It needs to get like things mm-hmm. you're familiar with. If it needs to get rebarreled. If we need to put something else on mm-hmm. it, if we need to do all these other things, then we do them. And that's the to me the idea behind how we implement our timers. Hey, yeah. man, they're supposed to be crushed. Like, like take joy in the fact that your life isn't being lived under the sacrifice that other guys are, are doing with it and they're like, and that's the thing is i never hear from the guys mm. right it's like the review thing that yeah. you talk about like right. you read the bad ones right the millions of people yeah. that are like just you know blessed to even read it yeah are excited about it right it's the yeah so i enjoy it i i love it i look we all love it here it's oh, we enjoy making them
0: man they're so awesome and gosh yeah I sincerely appreciate all you've done for me my family wow. the country of course and then i love seeing you move on into this uh being so passionate about it and creating something that is so dang cool and uh well, thank you that yeah. means a lot oh pff. I mean, I an example mean for, and you don't even know how many people you're an example for, because there's so many people that are in government service, that are in law enforcement, that are firefighters, that maybe want to do that next thing. They're not quite sure about it, and then they see someone like you do this, and they're like, "Yes, I can do it." Like I saw, hey, I saw these guys growing up on the top of the New York Times list. I can do that too. Um, but it's just inspiring without even meaning to be inspiring do a whole bunch. And it might not even be watches. It's something else. It's just going after whatever they're passionate about. And, uh, it happens to be watches in your case. It happens to be writing in my case, but it can be really anything in, uh, in life and you can get out there and crush it. And, uh, thanks for leading by example, my
1: friend, this is, uh, this is awesome. Thanks for, thanks for feeling that way. You know what I mean? Like it's one of those where in my heart, we're building the best thing we can build. For the most extreme and everything short of that is easy day right so well, let's go with it
0: let's do it let's do it and I'm excited for what's ahead um, yeah, I don't know if absolutely. I can even ask you about it you might want to keep it under wraps or where you're where you're going or what you're thinking about as far as expansion or new products or whatever you're whatever you're thinking but whatever it is, I'm excited for it
1: well thank you uh, yeah we're just doing I'm I'm still so I'm a advocate. And believer in the plan your dive and dive your plan. So we're still we're still diving the initial plan of the go. diver one. Um so right now we just introduced our titanium. So we're cutting all our titanium, getting all of that done. So it's a lighter weight and the same chassis design. It just gives a better performance envelope. Um, and then I'm I'm toying with a chronograph. So I've got go. a safe full of chronographs in there that I would like to kick out and see okay. what we could do. For me, I'm still in the design stage of what does a chronograph look like if Mm -hmm. we don't change that case very much? Right. Because I don't want to make something else. Right. Like let's take what we got. So got it. It's like the the double stack 1911 as opposed to the single. Yeah, yeah. There you go.
0: uh, There you go. Well, whatever is ahead, I'm excited for it. I can't wait to see the chronograph because I do like those. I don't know if I brought any out here or not. I don't think. Well, yeah. And
1: there's more math involved in making those.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. Exactly. I got a, a Panerai that has one right here. But, yeah. um, uh, yeah, I mean, those are so cool and it's gotta, I want to, there's gotta be a lot more to it. A lot more that can go wrong. <laughs> it seems bit. like two more steps, you know, <laughs> two more steps. Yep. <laughs> oh man. Awesome. Awesome. But Hey, uh, thank you so much for everything. Uh, thanks for having Appreciate me. it. And, uh, we gotta get on the range one of these days soon. Any, any time, man. I'll drive Unless down. You down, know that tune up, you definitely need to yeah. tune up, uh, and drive down in Land Cruiser still got it. Oh yeah. Got a couple of them. How long so. have you had the longest?
1: Um, oh, 15 nice 15 years we've been. There yeah, so I have 262s. okay one, I'm gonna do a body off myself with the boys. We're gonna nice. build that up uh, and then the other one is uh is nicer and doesn't need that. it's the one that we kind of okay. tool around in um but yeah, I'm on I'm sitting there on Craigslist all the time and I, that, that was one of the things I don't know if I mentioned it to you. you had done a post about the Land Rover, the Defender 110. Yeah, yeah. And I was sitting in bed, and you're like, hey, thanks to a buddy for letting me use this Defender 110. And I looked over at my wife, and I was like, thank God. Thank God he doesn't have the Defender 110, because this son of a bitch has every car that I want stacked up in his driveway. And my wife was like, oh, thank God. You can stop looking for your 110. And I'm like, I'm not going to stop. I'm not gonna stop looking yeah no uh, there's, gonna, there's the right one temporary. out there yeah, yeah, yeah there's the right one out there
0: for sure and uh yeah when you're d- down this way uh next time you'll have to drop on by the house and we can take a look at the um they, they're they uh they're replicating like rabbits
1: around here oh yeah well yeah.
0: I'm, anyway. i am
1: i am on my way
0: <laughs> so awesome man cool. awesome thanks for having me brother Dude, thank you so much for doing it and uh hopefully we'll link up in person again soon absolutely god All bless right. man you take care Navy Federal Credit Union, I've actually been a member since 1996, the year that I joined the Navy. And Navy Federal Credit Union wants to thank the men and women in the U.S. military for their important commitment to our country. For more than 85 years, Navy Federal Credit Union has made it their mission to help people in the military community. Navy Federal Credit Union is open to all branches of the military, veterans, and their families. Navy Federal's employees are veterans and military spouses, so they're part of the community they serve, and they understand their members better than anyone. Members can enjoy an average earning and savings of $352 per year, a savings rate three times the industry average. An average credit card, APR 5% lower than the industry average, award-winning 24-7 stateside member service, over 350 branches worldwide. Show your own support for our troops with hashtag MissionMilitaryThanks. Learn more about how Navy Federal is celebrating the commitment that connects them to their members at NavyFederal.org slash celebrate. And I also have to read that this is insured by NCUA. Dollar value represents the results of the 2020 Navy Federal Member Give Back Study. Value claim based on Navy Federal's 2020 Member Give Back Study. Credit card value claim based on 2020 Navy Federal as low as APR averages compared to advertised industry APR averages as of December 31st, 2020, published on creditcards.com. Thanks so much. Check out NavyFederal.org. I want to thank my friends at Black Rifle Coffee for sponsoring the Danger Close podcast. I've been a huge fan for the longest time. Drink Black Rifle Coffee every day. Day. And if you keep your eyes peeled, you will notice that perhaps Chris Pratt is wearing a Black Rifle Coffee t-shirt, not unsimilar to this one in the Amazon series adaptation of the Terminal List. Now you can go to blackriflecoffee.com slash Danger Close and use code DANGERCLOSE20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase and your first coffee club order. Black Rifle Coffee, America's Coffee, keep crushing Thank you so much to Sig Sour for jumping right on board out of the gate to make this podcast possible. Obviously, I am a huge Sig fan, having carried the P226 on every deployment downrange in the SEAL teams. Uh, but Sig was a supporter. They were friends well before I was a New York Times bestselling author, uh, well before I even had an Instagram account or any social media presence whatsoever. So, thank you guys all so much. Uh, Ron, Tom, Jason, everybody at SIG who gets up every day and continues to crush it and lead the way. SIG is always adapting. They're always at the forefront, whether it is firearms for citizens, whether it's firearms for our military, ammo, suppressors, optics, training, fire control units. They are doing it all and they're always pushing pushing that envelope and trying to do it better each and every day through innovation and adaptation, they crush. So thank you so much for that friendship and support. Uh, It will never be forgotten. Welcome to the gear highlight portion of the Danger Close podcast. With my guest today being Matt Graham of Aries Watches, it only made sense to talk about Aries watches. So I'm a huge fan right here. As you can tell the diver one. Amazing. They also make a GMT. I'm going to have to get one of those for sure, because I'm such a fan of the watch, uh, of the brand of Matt Graham in particular, what an awesome guy, uh, and just love when people who have given so much to the country, get out, follow that passion and crush it in the next chapter of life. So Aries watches that's a R E S watches.com. And then Aries Watches Co on Instagram. So follow him there. Get on their mailing list, and if you watch the podcast, you know that we're giving away a very cool watch that is in here. That is one of a kind. So I'll be we're gonna figure out that uh, that giveaway. But if you're interested sign up for the Aries newsletter, sign up for my newsletter. You can go to officialjackcar.com. We'll probably put the information on the giveaway for this watch in those newsletters and then also on Instagram. So follow Matt Graham, Aries Watches CO on Instagram and I am at Jack Car USA on Instagram. So uh, that'll be the place where you can go to find out about this giveaway. Thank you for tuning in to the Danger Close Podcast. An Ironclad original presented by Navy Federal Credit Union. Find out more about Matt Graham at AriesWatches.com. And you can follow him on Instagram, AriesWatchCO. So be sure and uh, check out all that he has going on there. Get yourself a mission timer. Awesome. Huge fan. You can follow me at Jack Carr, USA on the social channels. com is the email. com is the merch. In the Blood comes out on May 17th and is available for pre-order right now. If you like this conversation, be sure and leave a five-star rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. Until the next time, take care out there, be safe, stay strong, keep fighting.